And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. I'm going to drop myself again. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I could raise up my microphone, but it's just easier to do that. <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like it's too far away from me. Okay. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Jana Gardner. I'm Nick Fulton. And I'm Dylan Clare. This week, we are discussing a seasonably, questionably appropriate film, It's a Wonderful Life, the 1946 American Christmas family fantasy melodrama, all kinds of things. Produced and directed by Frank Capra, starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Henry Travers, and many, many more. So <laughs> this has got to be one of the most well-known, well-viewed movies that we've talked about or will talk about, I would imagine. More than it's this or, this or Greed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this, this or the four-hour-long silent film. It's one of the two. It's got to be... One of the most popular. Yeah. Um, uh, although you hadn't really seen it until this time. So, yeah, I hadn't really. Well, I guess we'll just jump in with our, our prior experience with the movie. I, like, I mean, it's on TV every year, right? Sort of the whole, the whole <laughs> like, not notorious thing about this movie. But one of the best known things about this movie is it actually wasn't much of a hit or, or very popular or successful when it originally came out. It didn't really make back its budget. The reviews were kind of just, like okay i mean some people loved it but some didn't um and it really wasn't until it hit like public domain and became free to show without licensing fees on television every year at christmas that it just sort of really popped in the public consciousness and became this like christmas classic that everybody knows and everybody's seen so it was always on TV around Christmas growing up. And I've seen, I had seen most of it in various mm. chunks. Um, but it turns out that watching this movie in like 20 minute chunks out of order and out of context is maybe not the ideal way to sure. experience the story that it's trying to tell. Not that it's the ideal way to experience any movie, but some, you know, some what movies. What movie is the most ideal? I mean, it's got to be a. It's got to be a comedy. <laughs> sure. All right. Fair. Can't argue with that. Um, re- realistically, it's got to be some comedy, right? Like something that's sort of just like a vignette that has little like. Air- airplane. Yeah. Airplane. Oh, I was going to say airplane or Anchorman or, you know, something like that where you Anchorman, can just watch yeah. little individual bits and be amused by it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, turns out not not this one. Um, so I have different uh, opinions about this movie than I had before having um, watched it in full. Also, just we'll get into it, but like that ending, I've seen spoofed or parodied like eight million more times than I've ever actually seen it. So it's just one of those things at this point. But what about you guys? You guys seen this a million times growing up? Don't I'll let you go first. Yeah, I did. That, that's pretty simple. <laughs> this is like one of those movies that I feel like I'd always seen. I can't remember the first time I saw it. Um, I don't know. 
it's just it's it's omnipresent mm-hmm. as a film and in film culture um i do think it's interesting that like it's it's kind of known as this like rediscovered film mm-hmm. that had like but you know i'm looking over this wikipedia page it has five oscar nominations it, it did again picture five oscar nominations. director editing sound and one other actor 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 that's that's an insanely successful awards campaign. Yeah. Granted, there's been a ton of those yeah. movies that are not good and for, mm-hmm. are forgotten about, especially from the 40s, that have yeah. runs like that. But s- still. Yeah. The only one it won was a Special Technical Achievement Award for <laughs> developing a new method of simulating falling snow on a movie set, which I think is pretty cool. Because, you know, there's some good snowy scenes. Like, I'm glad at least that they got... Um, an award for that. I, I miss the day. Well, I shouldn't say that. They do still occasionally give out those special technical achievement awards. The last time they did was to freaking our buddy Inuritu for like yeah. uh, his VR movie he made. <laughs> but um, I wish they would do them more often. It's always fun yeah. to see these old special technical awards that they gave just for achievement in something. For uh, the but yeah. vibes. But the, yeah. the show introduction was by Reagan and Jane Wyman. Oh. Oh, okay. Great. Interesting. Is that how they met? <laughs> uh, no, I think they, they were probably married by that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. when they were married. But yeah, five nominations. But it just it got steamrolled by Besters of Our Lives, basically. Yeah, Which and is, I can't um, say that's wrong. Yeah, I haven't seen that. People, people love that movie. Like it's a yeah, William Wyler movie. You know, I, I get it. Yeah, you've seen that movie, right, Nick? No. Oh, the flip. Yeah, okay. A lot, a lot of people love it. Um, I love it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I I will say it, it did. It was on a budget of three point one eight million and made three point three million. Yeah, so it it just it was not, not a sort of a big yeah not not a big financial success. But like you said, it, it did get five nominations, so it was it, people were aware of it. It just apparently really broke out in maybe the eighties. Or '90s, maybe. Um, but yeah, when it, when it when it hit televisions. Mm-hmm. So, what about you, Nick? You grew up watching this. I've seen it once, and then like you have seen it in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on once a year, so it's one of those things where I saw it ages ago, and like you know, it's pretty good. And then over time, it's something that's like saturated the culture so much that you forget how good it is you just remember like the dewy-eyed nostalgia of the end and you forget like the actual moving bits and the art and the storytelling Mm -hmm. behind it so i was prepared to like you know slog of a christmas movie it's sort of uh like nostalgic and sentimental but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it it was much better than i remembered it being yeah and I just, the, the reason I hadn't ever really sat down and watched it, because, like, my parents apparently hate this movie, um, and so it was just not shown in our house. Like, my mom would, like, we watch movies every Christmas, and we always have, but, you know, this was just never one that my family liked. I think, I don't know that I've ever, I was going to ask my mom to remind me why she doesn't like this movie, but just from watching it, I can almost exactly know probably why and it's for the same reason that i was a little bit skeptical and to be honest we'll get into it had kind of a tough time with like the first half of the movie 
Uh, because a lot of it is just watching bad and sad things happen to this guy. <laughs> and so, like, I got to say, I, I, I really ultimately ended up loving the movie. I don't think I'm going to add it to my Christmas movie watching rotation. Like, it's just, it's a bit, really? it's not what I'm looking, it's not, it's not the emotions I'm looking to feel uh, watching <laughs> Christmas movies in and on the holiday. Um, what are your Christmas like movies much. then? Um, Muppet Christmas Carol. God awesome. the best. Um, White Christmas. Awesome pick. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'll do the, like, trading places. Uh, oh, the, yes. You know, oh, Christmas yeah. movie. So more more on that. But I mean, Meet Me in St. Louis has some of this as well, you know. It, yes. But that but that that's a little bit more, I think, hopeful throughout um, than sure. I found. I this find to it be. more melancholy than yeah, this movie is. I, I yeah, I think that's true. I think it has a more overall melancholy. But like, this movie just really put me through the ringer, man. <laughs> like it is an emotional. <laughs> like it is wrenching. Um, yeah, so but like we'll the see. ending of this movie is like. No matter the what tough times, it's like, you are a good person, you can make it through. And Meet Me in St. Louis is like, well, we're all going to kind of grow up and leave our past behind us at some point. So yeah, enjoy yeah. it while you can. I, but like, so it, Meet Me in St. Louis, I find very sort of emotional and I get kind of teary at parts and, you know. Sure. Um, I... Spoiler alert, I sobbed so hard at the end of this movie this morning that, like, that's one of the reasons why we had to start recording late, because I was, like, I had to, like, gather myself. I had to go, like, was it the end of the, like, the, the angel getting its wings part, just, or the, the, just yeah, the the, all whole, the George stuff? The whole ending. Everything from once okay. he comes back, and the people, and they, sh- guys, they show up with the money, and then Clarence, and then the book, and then the bell goes off, and then I'm just, like... Just like uncontrollably, and I was like, started weeping, and then I had like take my glasses off, and I was like crying, and I was like, oh. God, from from, from misty eyes to Armageddon in the bathroom. Level. Oh my god, this was close to yeah. I pretty much this was much closer to Armageddon, um, which uh, Nick, did you listen to this week's Big Picture podcast? Yeah, because uh, that's, uh, that's no, that's I didn't. Guess. Was uh, this the James Bond? This is the James Bond episode? one. Oh yeah, no, right, I so didn't because I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Dylan, you cut that too. Amanda <laughs> on this week's Big Picture podcast uh, references that the hardest she's ever cried in a movie is the end of Armageddon, and I was like, "Yep, you know, there's <laughs> we we are very much of a same time and place and demographic that that kind of thing happens." But this was, whew, yeah. Um, this was close to that. That ending turns out, in context, very moving in a way that it seems just very. Because I've seen the ending, and I was just mm-hmm. like, "Oh Jesus!" And it's like, and that that line is like, if it's if it's, I will be surprised if it's not on the AFI top one hundred quotes, mm-hmm. like the angel gets its wings thing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even it, pull up that quote. So we should do that. It it's it's one of those movies where like I know. like I've obviously I'd seen it before, and even mm-hmm. if it's been a while, like you know where it goes, you know that jump into the end but the townspeople like rally together behind this guy who's very good yeah and as that's developing i'm seeing it coming or like you know i'm i'm re-experiencing it and it's like this is a great moment like all these people are showing how much they care for this guy and it's very moving including the people who had been kind of like Maybe yeah. haven't shown their appreciation for him before, you know. Like. I thought about doing a, a draft of moments in the final scene <laughs> yeah. of like, what's your favorite? And my, my first draft was going to be the the, the angry uh, dude that like comes up and just rips the wart in half and starts singing "Hark the Hanger," <laughs> "Hark the <laughs> Angels Sing," like a king. But, so I'm I'm not like a uh, a religious person, and 
as as like all that's going on, I'm like, well, I know it ends with the angel thing too, mm-hmm. and and I, it's just the sort of thing that I feel like us. It, it's like the encapsulation of how I felt about this movie, like having not seen it for 20 years or whatever, is that it's very sentimental and um, like I know it's building up to this freaking angel, like mm-hmm. a bell going off and some kid says something or whatever, and it's like, Daddy, who cares? Daddy, says every time the bell rings. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> well done. You, you got me, Frank well Capra. Done. You really got me. Well uh, that played. line, not not in the AFI top 100. Is anything from this movie in there? Uh, let me see. But I mean, yeah, like, so. Cause, yeah, no, I, no, 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 no. Yeah, nothing from. Nothing interesting. Um, I think it was number, I think there was some, like, 100 years, 100 inspirational movies or something, yeah. and it's it's on, mm-hmm. it's number one on that. I was um, gonna say this. Pro- this this should be very very high on an inspirational movie list. I yeah. would think, like, well, like this and uh, Mr. Smith. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, but yeah, all the like not everything in the end, like when he comes back and he's learned his lesson and he's like, like the the like Merry Christmas you old building and loan, which is like something that I've heard quoted a million times. That you're just like, okay, this freaking movie. Um, no. <laughs> you know if it doesn't pull it off it like it really does it's yeah. it's like a magic trick um even though i was so mad at him like he is so mean to his family and i know oh he's going through a hard time but like that was hard to watch i was just like <laughs> oh my god i hate that this is happening right now um, every child and partner that comes up to me is like shut the fuck up pretty much like his daughter is like crying why did we piano. have all these kids like, like, <laughs> he says that why do we live in this house? Why do we have all these kids? His daughter's like crying at the piano and he's like, play! And you're like, oh my god, dude. It was, yeah, that, like, that's the kind of thing I mean where it's, oh, ugh. Like, I, I, I think a, lo- a lot of the, the movie success rests on Jimmy Stewart able to sort of pull this stuff off without, yeah. like, seeming like the worst person in the world in this moment. Or, you know, when, when, when he's running through the streets, he's like, ah, Bedford Falls! It's it, Jimmy. I don't think anybody else could do Because, I mean, it is still very cheesy, and his, like, shouting yeah, yeah. and everything. But and... It, it's just so Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I mean, these two are compared to each other because they're contemporaries. They were in a lot of movies together. But imagine Cary Grant in mm-hmm. the role of George Bailey. This movie fails so bad with Cary Grant. And I love Cary Grant. It's just, it, it's not what he could do. It would be all of the the mean stuff and none of the sort of, like, <laughs> emotional catharsis. You would just be like, no, buddy, I, that's enough about you. <laughs> like, Although I think it would be very funny to see Cary Grant go, hey, Bedford Falls! Yeah, that that would not work um, so much. Yeah, no, it, ha- it has to be Jimmy Stewart, um, especially... So another issue, and... Another issue that I had, like, they really had to sell me that by the end that, like, Mary was with this guy at all. Like, I get that she was in love with him from the time she was a small child. and George Bailey, I will love you till the day I die. Treats her like such crap. Like, forever, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, he just negs her constantly. Like, it was just, I was like, Mary, I know. Like, and he is a good guy. So, like, it's not that I don't understand why she would be in love with him but like he's not nice to her he's not nice to her like and they have he's that, nice to everyone else pretty much he's not nice to her they ha- the only nice time they have together is at the dance like and and mm. that and then once his dad dies and then you know 
Um, but oh my God, when she comes back and she like sets up the house for like a little romantic thing and then he just like tramples, oh, all over everything. I was so mad at him then too. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it kind of, it did. It took some work for me to be convinced at the end that they had this like happy family. Cause I was like, buddy, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know that you buy why, like, especially how quickly the wedding just happens that you're like. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess he changed his mind. All right. They kiss once and boom, married. I mean, hey, that's ba- how it happened. Back, back in the forties, <laughs> that counted as being married. I was gonna say back in the day, they had no choice. Also, God, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna go through the plot scene by scene, but like, also when they kiss, like, I'm not sure what other than just physical proximity, what changed his attitude about that whole situation. It's <sighs> a good. George. It's a good question. Um, George, he's the guy. Who, who's the guy that they're talking to on the phone? Their friend who becomes Sam rich? Wainwright. Hee haw, hee haw, oh, hee haw, hee haw. Just like the worst one of the, person one, of the, one of the most brutal cuckings <laughs> of, <laughs> of him of him listening on the phone. phone. Well, Sam, he gets his soybean plastic fortune, so I think. Yeah, it, but like yeah. on the phone call, he's also like stroking some girl's butt. Yes, I did. I mean, they do a good job of establishing that we're like, yes, he's calling her and obviously the mom is like thinking oh this is mm-hmm. you know the match or whatever but yeah we see him on the phone and he like has some woman who's like up in his business and so <laughs> hee haw sam can can be fine um also imagine that being your lifelong catchphrase that everybody just shouts at Jesus and around Christ. it's so annoying <laughs> oh buddy um all right i will so- say um oh yeah let's let's oh, no, start plot oh, no i will get to it later when we get to it in the plot Okay, um, and feel free um, if if there's any important moments that you think I missed, obviously, um, chime in. So I will say, so one thing that I was, and I made this comment to Matt this morning as he was on his way out to work, and he was like, how much, how far are you into this movie? Because I was like, how is this even a Christmas movie? Like, <laughs> virtually nothing takes place until the final well, 40 minutes of the movie. It's, it's like Meet Me in St. Louis. Like, it is, again. it is. And the payoff ends up being there, but because it opens with like this little Christmas illustration and everything, and you know, very, very Christmassy vibes. Um, Okay, this was one thing is like, they're like, there's so many people praying about George Bailey tonight. It's like one household, like three kids, one of them isn't even verbal, and (laughs) maybe the wife. That was so I did notice that as well, which is at the beginning it makes it seem like the entire town is praying for him. Yeah, um, no. Which by the end wouldn't make any sense because they don't know at that moment. No one knows at that moment. That anything's it, gone wrong. It's like five people is like the limit to call in an angel Got, to do world changing stakes to see if he can change someone's life. Right. And so I also ha- I had seen this part before, but I had forgotten that it it basically starts off with a scene in heaven. So we, after after we get people praying for George, then we just zoom out to heaven as you do, and little celestial bodies are are talking to each other. Heaven is just galaxies. That it is are just it's having just a chit chat. It's just outer space with little, you know, out yeah, little stars that light up when angels talk to each other. Um, I'd like to know what happens when like the Milky Way galaxy gets to talk at some point, and then suddenly pro- we're all like, Whoa. probably better that in terms of a filming choice than having like little floating people with wings. <laughs> Being yeah, angels, I, I actually like the beginning. I think in yeah. his cool. essay, Ebert, Ebert alludes to it being like kind of corny, um, but it, it reminds me of um, the beginning of uh, A Matter of Life and Death, where it's like a, a pan through 
the space basically and there's mm-hmm. a narrator talking about space and stuff Love. like that it, it, yeah yeah um so i i kind of like this mm-hmm. yeah um, it, it is it is a, a little corny but i think it works i think it you know appropriately sets the vibe for okay there's gonna be angels <laughs> involved in this story you have to accept that at the beginning or you're not gonna get yeah i think it's much better than like people in clouds with like fucking wings and a halo little harps and things <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah this this is more creative than that yeah <laughs> So we do discover that George is getting assigned, like, a, I don't want to say remedial angel, but like a real, yeah, a, a, a <laughs> bit of a doofus. An angel who just can't make it work, um, who's a, what, second class? Angel second class? Um, and then the and, dude falls off the chair. Yes, and cannot earn his, that is so funny. That's and a can, great physical moment. And cannot earn his wings. Um, and... Then the end, basically, they tell him, okay, it's going to be a pivotal night of his life. You're going to have to go down there. You're going to have to, like, be his guardian angel and save him. And if you do that, you're going to earn your wings. But before you do, you're going to watch a movie about this guy's entire life. Pull up a chair. You are going to watch a movie that gives you basically every every important event in George Bailey's life for good or ill. Um, And starts, yeah. And so we get a couple of... um, incidents starting when George is 12, which I had, I did remember for some reason, and I know we'll get there in a second, I have seen that scene in the pharmacist shop like the most. Like that's just one of those scenes that every time, I think that's why I never really stuck with the movie that often because I would like, it's just an old, it's man, a, it's just an old man poisoning people and like, <laughs> yeah, and, like, and like beating up a kid and I'm like, Jesus Christ, no thank you. And, until he bleeds out of his ears. <laughs> God, you're hurting my sore ear. Like, okay, but so why his ear is sore is because, you know, we see, we meet 12 year old George who this kid is great. By the way, I love this kid who plays twelve-year-old mm-hmm. George. He he looks and pretty much sounds like a little uh, a little Jimmy little Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. It's pretty yeah. impressive. Um, I looked up that kid. He didn't really go on to do much. Yeah, I was trying to look it up. Acting. Now. He did some more child acting, but he did end up having like a long career like in production and working for studios and stuff. And you know, had had seemingly a nice normal life, um, which is nice for him. Um, but we meet all of our, our, a lot of our main characters at 12 years old doing just an insanely dangerous thing to do (laughs) using, uh, metal, uh, shovels as sleds and riding them down a snowy hill onto an iced over lake. Um, which does look fun. I get it. But you literally, you're watching this happen one time and you're like, well, which one of these kids is going to fall through the ice? I've um, seen a nice over lake in a movie before. Yeah, me you, too. I've seen kids. You know where it's going. Yeah, exactly. I've um, seen a kid riding a horse before. I know where this movie's going. <laughs> uh, oh, Still laughing thinking about that. Girl getting thrown from the horse. Um, so uh, George and uh, Hee Haw Sam and George's brother, Harry, who, sidebar, how much younger is Harry? than George like one year like not that much younger right oh I thought it was like four years because I think I he's assumed it was four is years. It, isn't he graduating from high school when George should be graduating from college is, okay, yeah that okay that's what they were trying to convey in that scene I could not I think figure out I think so once it went to like that graduation and then like George was still like I guess that is true I guess that would have been when he was but because then it looks like he was still going to go to college until he gives the money to Harry I just could not uh, I had some year troubles but 
I guess maybe, no, doesn't really matter. Um, but George's younger brother, Harry, ends up being the one who falls through the ice into the water. And so uh, George has to jump in and save him, which is wonderful and saves his brother's life. But it is what damages his ear and causes him to lose hearing in that ear, which will be extremely consequential <laughs> throughout the rest yes. of his life. Um, including basically the the next part of 12-year-old George, which is after he recovers from that, he goes back to his job working at the pharmacist, um, which seems like a crazy job for a 12-year-old to have, but he works at the pharmacy slash soda shop. Um, and they, first of all, uh, little Mary is there, who I guess, I guess you're right. I guess maybe she's supposed to be Harry's age and is four years younger because yes. mm-hmm. later on she's 18, yeah. Um, and so she Mary, graduates in Harry's class, right? And so Mary, Mary is there. Um, she's already in love with um, George, even though he's really mean to her about not liking coconut. Um, <laughs> a lot of people. Well, silly. I mean, I, why do you not like coconut? Let me read to you from National Geographic about why you're wrong. Because Tahiti is cool. You should like coconuts. Even she's though... like, I'm seven. A lot of kids my age don't like coconut. <laughs> right. That's her exact response. It's yeah. not a weird thing for a child to not like. Yeah, exactly. I, I would have been more. It's, it's much weirder, uh, George, that you are so into coconut. But yeah, we learn that he wants to be a great explorer. He's going to join the National Geographic Society. He's got big dreams. And I, too, have watched the movie before, so I knew how that was going to work out for him. Um, yeah. He, um, we, we get Mary whispering into his bad ear that she's going to George Bailey, love I him. love you today. I, Aww, I will say, there, also in this uh, scene, there is um, one of the greatest child acting castings to the older person that plays them, which is... Little Violet literally just like looks like, just looks uh, like Gloria Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like this little blonde girl. Yeah, it's it's very cute. Um, yeah, like I said, the yeah the kid who plays little George is good, but yeah, the girl who plays little Vicky, um, Violet. Violet, sorry. Violet. I always say I always say Vi and so, but yeah, who plays little little Violet um, is extremely adorable. <laughs> but after. <laughs> After the whispering into the ear, this is when we get the scene where... So, George goes into the back of the pharmacy, and the pharmacist is there. And he is distraught, apparently, at having received a telegram. Um, mm. Do we know? Did they say what was in it? Like, did His find kid out? dies? His kid died? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, which then... And so, again, I've seen this scene a million times. He maliciously decides to poison a sick kid to put no. him out of his misery? No, he's just no, he's distracted. he's, like, okay. absent-minded, yeah. Okay, I guess that's right, because later on they do say it's man manslaughter when the event actually takes place. But uh, <laughs> I did I did laugh at the big bottle that just said poison, the poison on it, which I'm like, why? I mean, one, if you're going to have poison around, it should be clearly labeled, so that, that tracks. But I'm just it not sure. It shouldn't be with other pharmacy It should things. not be. Maybe have that kept separately. Maybe don't have that on the shelf next to all of the uh, prescription medication you're sending out to sick children with diphtheria or whatever that poor kid had. Uh, so, what, what yeah. I like, though, is George, like, sees it happen, and he takes it, and he, like, goes to deliver it. So he's like, should right. I deliver the poison to this person? <laughs> Instead of not just being like, dude. This says, yeah, he really. And also, 
yeah, because by the time he comes back, he's uh, the pharmacist is uh, Mr. Gower. Thank you, Mr. Gower, is on the phone going, it should have been there an hour ago. And I'm like, man, George really had to dilly-dally over what he was going to do about his act almost being complicit in poisoning a child. Um, but he decides against it. Can I... Uh... Medical corner? No, it's oh. far far more of a, just a wild tangent that I just... A little journey I took myself on looking Gloria. at Gloria, Gloria Graham's Wikipedia page. Absolutely. So she was married four times mm-hmm. to uh, someone named Stanley Clements. Okay. Um, and then she was married for five years to Nicholas Ray. Yep. Sure. I learned this lot yesterday. Famous director. Did you see who her uh, next two husbands were? Cy Howard and Anthony Ray. I love... Now, Anthony Ray has a similar last name to Nicholas Ray. You might wonder why. <laughs> this, is, this is an amazing... This This is an amazing journey that I, I agree. We need to take everybody on. <laughs> She, Let's go. She married her ex stepson. Mm-hmm. She sure did. Um, and I believe that there were some unfounded allegations that maybe their relationship had originally began when yeah. he was still her stepson and maybe underage. Um, alleged unfounded allegations. No uh, slander to the deceased Gloria Graham, but. Uh, <laughs> It was quite a scandal. Nick, Nick Ray was not shy about uh, talking about what he thought and he, said he, he saw. He claims he caught them together when he mm. would have been like 13, the, the stepson. Yeah, it's it's a real, uh, it, it's a, it's a real uh, <laughs> fraught situation. Whew. Anyways, then, that's all. I just and, needed to. I just needed to get that off my chest because I just learned about that. She had a two. Yeah, I learned. I must have learned about this. I must have read this back a couple of years ago when I first saw um, in a lonely place. But um, ooh, yeah. Um, and then they ended up having a couple of kids together. Her and yeah. the younger Ray. So quite a life. Oof. Quite, quite a life. Um, she was actually. She was married to Nicholas Ray for four years, and she was married to Anthony Ray for uh, 14. So, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, people should read Gloria Graham's uh, complete Wikipedia page if they want to. Uh... Jeez, I thought In a Lonely Place was dark. <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, j- what's what's with all these noir uh, actors and actresses having a... <laughs> almost every time, every one of these movies, you go and you'll, you will find somebody in the cast who... Uh, had some dark story. I I suppose it's better than the guy from Detour murdering someone. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to top that. Yeah, Um, that's tough to beat. A legend. When the star of your murder, a star of your star of your murder, star of your movie uh, ends up potentially being a murderer, that is, uh, yeah, that's going to be probably the the biggest scandal we'll uncover, but who knows? Uh, So many more movies. (laughs) Anything's possible. Anyways. So, so what 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 uh what was the saccharine movie that we were talking about before? Oh right, it's it's a wonderful life. We left off when Mr. Gower, the pharmacist, is uh, physically abusing young George Bailey and like beating him around the face um, until he cries about not wanting to poison take part in poisoning a child. Um, but ultimately, he he you know gets through to Mr. Gower and prevents accidental child murder. So yeah, that was a good a good, good for thing him. that he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So then we get uh, 
bit of a time jump, uh, some more sort of like narration from our angels and a very funny like freeze frame where when it cuts to and it, it didn't even occur to me because I'm like, well, I know what Jimmy Stewart looks like. Like, so I know that this is George Bailey, but they pause it and they're like, that's George Bailey. He's older now. And you're like, oh, OK. Um, I, I love the freeze frame and just his facial expression. Just it's, like- it's very funny. It is like arms are all out. Um, and so this is we are introduced to it, uh, George, who I guess at this stage is supposed to be 18, right? Or he's he's getting ready to he has graduated and he's getting yeah. ready to go on a No. No, he I think I think he's like 20 or 22. Yeah, it's around the time of his, uh Harry's graduation. Yeah. See, that's why I was So confu- he's slightly confused cuz I thought he he's just now planning on going to college and so that's why I was losing track of how old everybody was. But I think this isn't it isn't the timeline that he had to take off while Harry finished school and he's starting college late Delayed. because of some kind of financial probably they needed him to work at the building and loan or something yeah like that. The, the building and loan I mean his George, calls George's, him back George's dad and his brother and that that building and loan is just a real bog he's never going to escape from he's um, like Pacino and Godfather just when he thinks he's out I, I guess, so this really starts us just watching all of George's hopes and dreams be dashed just over and over again. Every time something good is going to happen in his life, um, it is yanked away from him in some sort of painful fashion. Um, but I, this is the scene where we see him buying the suitcase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's sweet because we do learn that uh, the Mr. Gower, the, his old boss, who he uh, saved from being a convicted murderer, um, bought him a suitcase for a trip he's spoiler alert not going to be able to take um because yeah this is around the time of harry's graduation um and this is when he comes back and or he's getting ready to go on his trip he is reintroduced to mary who he is very surprised to learn is now 18 when she was only she was 17 only a year ago (laughs) Uh, which is a very i could not tell if like george thought he was being funny or i'm like are you just this like this goofy dude I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> so goofy. Um, but so um, there is a, I guess, a graduation party? Graduation party mm-hmm. dance, right? Um, for Harry and I guess Mary as well. Um, and uh, they go, I think there's anything else that happens before this. My notes are very bad. The um, But they go to this dance where they ha- where we are reintroduced to a lot of the other characters too who we met as kids your your hee sams and and harry's a, a older kid now um and there is a dance contest where everybody is going to dance the charleston um and at least now like we still get that mary is way more into george than he is into her but you know she's a, a grown woman and attractive and everything and so they're dancing together and then who are the guys that decide they hate George in it this was, moment? It was, a, it was like Mary's original date. Okay, yeah. that's okay. That's and like his best it. friend that's like, oh, I have your back now. I can, I can open the pool. It was the guy that Mary was there with. Okay. Which, by the way, this is a real pool set up um, in the real Beverly, Beverly Hills High School gym. Um, wow. So, yeah. So hmm. that is a, a real thing that they... They did. Wait, but I thought we were in Bedford Falls. I I got some I got some bad news for you about uh, 
the magic of movie making. <laughs> it's Pottersville now. <laughs> yeah, also, Pottersville is real. Sorry, Dylan. Also, it's Pottersville. Um, but so um, they have a Charleston Belly. Con. Oh, hey, Belly. Probably much closer to Pottersville in real life than Bedford Falls, I would imagine. True. What, what part of the country are they? Do they say? I mean, I know it's just probably like Anywhereville, USA. Yeah, I don't think they say. I always get the impression that it's somewhere in New England, but maybe that's just because it's a movie from the 40s. Right, and they're they're going, there's references to people going to and from New York, and it's somewhere that snows, so it, it kind of has to be somewhere maybe in the eastern seaboard. I don't know. I don't know exactly where they are. Um, but so they have this nice time at the dance, and even though it was a very nitpicky thing, but so the... The floor opens up. They expose the other side of the pool. But George and Mary, they're just dancing so much that even though people are shrieking, they're like, we're just doing a great job. Let's just keep right, dancing and not good. turn around. Um, but it's okay. They fall in the pool, but then they keep dancing, and then it you know, ends up being a nice time. And they actually have some sort of charming uh, interactions here with uh, they have to get all dressed in their clean clothes and – or dry clothes, I should say, and he walks her home, and they have a whole lot of flirtation going on. Um, Throw some rocks at houses, property throw, damage. Throwing yeah. some rocks at houses, um, but, you know, just have, having some actual, like, this is the one part in basically the whole movie where I was like, you know what, I, I get this it. This is why like, they get together. Yeah, yeah, like, this is why they get together. They have really good chemistry. I mean, how do you, we haven't even really talked about Donna Reed at all, because by the way, Donna Mary, Reed. Mary is Donna Reed now, <laughs> and she is so phenomenal in this movie. Um, yes, I'm surprised she didn't get a, a best supporting. Nom. Yeah, I am surprised too. Let's. And Baxter won that year, by the way. Oh, little Dan oh. Baxter. It was Ooh. her non, uh, her non All About Eve year. Yeah, yeah. Ethel Barrymore was nominated. Um, Got to get a Barrymore in there. Um, our girl Lionel Barrymore was not Oli- Olivia Olivia de Havilland won that year. Oh, for um, for uh, oh, for lead, lead yeah. actress. Yeah. It's just the, it, I don't know. Is uh, is Donna Reed a leader or supporting actress? I think I think you could argue either one. I think it's sure. close enough. Um, our girl uh, Lillian Gish also. I was about to say yeah, very cool. Nominated this year, and then Rosalind Russell, Jane Wyman, Jennifer Jones. It was a you know, this this was a good time. Uh, looking at the best actor nominees, Frederick March, Lawrence Olivier, Gregory Peck, and James Stewart, like... Yeah, real, uh, the Titans. Yeah, and then someone named Larry Parks, who played Al Jolson in The Jolson Story, a actor and movie never I've never heard, heard of. Movie. There's always one. Oh, Claude Rains? Uh, For Notorious. For Notorious. So yeah. good. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh... I mean, I haven't seen the best years of our lives, but he could Come he could have won for Notorious. Uh, Celia Johnson was nominated for a brief for brief encounter. encounter. Oh, which wow. it, it's weird that Olivia De Havilland wins this year for to each his own, which I've never seen. But like Celia Johnson, brief encounter, and Ingrid Bergman in Notorious mm-hmm. are like two of the best lead actress performances of all time. I can't believe Ingrid Bergman didn't get a nomination. No. I know if if Claude Rains is out here getting a nom for Notorious, why can't we get one for Ingrid Bergman? Or Cary Grant. True. Yeah. What's the deal? What? Why is Larry Parks here? We could have had the best damn lineup of all time. Oh, it's because he played uh, Al Jolson in the Jolson story. 
<laughs> Thanks, Nick. Huh. Sorry, I was looking at one of the nominees for Best Picture and in some of the other categories um, is The Yearling, um, Yearling um, mm-hmm. which I did not know. I don't think I knew there was a film of. I'm familiar with the book, and I'm like, that's yeah. not that. That's not about that book about that boy, right? No, it is. That's, it's, it's a movie version of that book that I'm pretty sure I read in school. Uh, Old book. Yeah, quite. Um, but yeah, there's... The, the best picture nominees that year, Best Years of Our Lives, Henry V, It's Wonderful Life, The Razor's Edge, and The Yearling. Um, interesting. Interesting yeah. group. But yeah, like I said, Best Years of Our Lives, if I, I'm guessing most people wouldn't quibble about. And it's lived on pretty well. I mean, people don't watch it every year like they do It's Wonderful Life, but it's not like it's faded into obscurity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what happens next in uh, It's Wonderful Life? Uh, his dad uh, dies dad off screen. <laughs> I was going to say he uh, gets her naked and then abandons her. <laughs> he, he gets her naked and then abandons her in a bush. Um, and he just kind of throws her robe on the top of the bush too. Yeah, because well, he's about to give her the robe back and then he's like, aha, wait, why would I do that? Maybe you should come get it. Aha, flirt, flirt, flirt. I have a and naked then, girl And then here. when the, the car pulls up and... You know, your dad's had a stroke. You gotta go. Um, throws the throws the robe on the on or dress on the bush, and then just uh, it's like gotta go and hightails it out of there. Uh, which you know, fair, but yeah, um, what are you gonna do? Yeah, what, what are you gonna do? Um, Put the we, robe back on a person. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we didn't really mention before, but but, we, but but also like if he does that, because I was think like my reaction to that was like, what? Why doesn't he like? give her the robe and then have her come with right. or something like but that. But maybe that would have been like embarrassing for her or like compromising exactly. for her. Like yeah. it's better yeah. to mm. not, once the other guys show up. A, to, I got a naked a, girl in the bush. Let's get her out yeah. here. It's a small enough town. She's probably going to be better. It's going to be easier for her if he just yeah. throws the robe and makes and no one no knows. Yeah, that's fair. There. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I did have that thought too. Cause it's like, that's so horrible to leave her. It's like, well, probably would have been worse to, to pull her out. Um, so I had I didn't mention before, but we had met uh, George's parents, who seem like nice, good parents. And um, his mom, by the way, played by how do you pronounce that? Beulah, Beulah Bondi. Beulah. Beulah. Um, apparently, according to Wikipedia, played J- uh, Jimmy Stewart's mom in like four different movies. Like she was constantly playing his mother in in various films, which I think is very funny. Do you know which other ones it was? I can tell you. Of Human Hearts, Vivacious Lady, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and then this. Yeah. Interesting. So I haven't seen Of Human Hearts or Vivacious Lady. and Vivacious Lady. I, what a title. It sounds great. Uh, I want to see who the Vivacious Lady Oh, it's Ginger Rogers. See... Ginger Rogers, oh, she, I think, She is, is vivacious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's going to be the Vivacious Lady. Um... Accurate casting, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I assume she's... I mean, oh. she's the lead actress. I assume she's the titular vivacious lady of hu- and of Human Hearts, uh, which is directed by uh, Clarence Brown, director of The Yearling, um, is actually a drama specifically about a mother-son relationship, like co-starring mm. uh, James Stewart and Beulah Bondi, and she was nominated, I think, for an Oscar for that movie. So, a long oh. and fruitful working relationship for these two. She's the mom in Make Way for Make Way for Tomorrow. I was I was oh, wondering I was wondering is. I was like that name is oh, in the back of my mind somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so good. Yeah. That just hit me. I never thought that. 
Yeah. I never she's, put those two together. But. She's really good in this and in, in, in yeah, not that good. many scenes. Um, but the couple of scenes she does have are... Best scene is when she's like talking to George Bailey. It's like, who the hell are you? You're not my fucking son. Yeah, Get the hell out of here. Get out of here. I, <laughs> I don't let people into my house and uh, Billy's in an insane asylum. And you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that scene um, is so funny. Oh, my God. Um, but, no, it's not funny, but... It's a little funny. It's, just, it's, it's way over top. It, yes, uh, that, that is she's, one of those elements. Yeah, she was only 49 in Make Way for Tomorrow, which is why she, she they, they old her up, uh, like, probably double her age. <laughs> which is why she's got a very, like, oh, yeah, I guess I can see it now, but it's not, like, immediately True. striking when you see her in this. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah she's really good in this. Um, but... Um, after just that, we had that short scene with the family earlier, and then, like I said, he finds out his father's had a stroke, his father dies off screen, and basically the next thing we see is the meeting in the boardroom, where it is revealed that after his father's death, um, George stuck around and delayed all of his plans to keep the company together and, uh, you know, keep the building in loan. This is two movies in a row where the uh, patriarch dies off screen in the middle of the movie. Yeah, that is true. We don't see him again after he dies in this one, although that is that is the end of it for old Mr. Yeah. Mr. Bailey. Um, so George, like I said, has agreed to stay. And this is when we, haven't, we also have not talked about Lionel Barrymore as mm-hmm. Mr. Potter yet, like... Like, number one movie villain, just like most cartoony, ridiculous villain in any yeah, movie ever, there. maybe. Like, I feel like... His, the were... funniest thing about it is his name is Henry Potter. It's so close. <laughs> to Harry it's Potter. so darn close. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to look up how... He's number six on that AFI villain list. Is there, oh, really? Is there, is there really one? Legend! I don't even know. Okay, very good. What's your favorite? Let me see where George Bailey is. Okay, George Bailey's number nine. Oh, on the heroes? From the heroes and villains? Oh my god, I was like, (laughs) on the villains list. That man's too mean to Donna Reed. Come on. (laughs) I I literally was about to be on board. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) That's some villainous stuff. No, he's not that bad. What's what's your favorite Mr. Potter pot? Um,. I think mine is when uh, he's the draft manager in World War II, and he's just one everyone to <laughs> <Yeah>. die. <laughs> one Oh, my God. One mm. <sighs> Yeah, that sorry, guy sucks. Got, yeah, sorry. I got distracted <laughs> looking at Lionel Barrymore's Wikipedia page. Um, Apparently, he played... Did Ebony he marry his stepdaughter? Um, no. No. He, okay, he cool. did not. Um, That's good to know. I am not as up on the the Barrymore, Barrymore family. family tree to remember who's whose dad or grandfather or uncle or what have you. So um, she's John Barry John Drew Barrymore's kid. Right. He was John Barrymore's kid. Oh, and then it just I don't know. Are this John, family tree are John, is too. This family tree is terrible. Are John and Lionel? Yeah. Well, I think the problem is that. Maurice Barrymore, who was like sort of the original actor, and his wife Georgiana Drew had one, two, one. Oh, uh, so his sibling was Lionel Barrymore. Okay. So she would have been, he would have been Drew Barrymore's great, great uncle? That sounds right. 
I think sure. that tracks. Yeah, her father was John Drew Barrymore, whose father was John Barrymore, whose brother was Lionel Barrymore. We figured it out. Yeah, so his... No, just one Are great sure? <laughs> Yeah, just one. Yeah. You're like, did we, though? And then, <laughs> Ethel, and then Ethel Barrymore was their sister. Sister okay. to Lionel and John. So there you go. Um, anyway, Mr. Potter, he sucks. Um, he owns like half the town and wants to own all of the town and so he wants to take this opportunity even though everyone's like well things are going great uh we really got the building and loan set up well george has really smoothed everything over and now george can go finally live his dream and travel the world and we'll just pick a new replacement for him um and somehow uh mr potter is able to be like actually how about we just dissolve it instead (laughs) and the board is like more cool. or less on board. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, but you guys all just said everything was fine. Like, <sighs> I, again, I should not be nitpicking sort of the plots. I just, I did feel so bad for George here. Again, it's just like Lucy in the football. Like every time he's finally <laughs> going to get to live his dream and travel the world. He literally is walking out the door. I know he's got the suitcase. He pulls and it off. Frankly, and frankly, he's like, okay, so we're, we're going out of business. It was a good run. I tried to keep my dad's business together. You know, sorry, Uncle Billy, you're 56. Uh, You're going to try to find a new job. Um, And he's fine at that point to sort of wash his hands of the whole thing, I guess, because it seems like it's out of his control. But then, of course, they come out and say, good news. Um, The the board actually voted to not dissolve the building and loan, but only on the condition that you stay on and run it. And so... I I actually really love the shot where... um, it's we were seeing them in like a wide shot, mm-hmm. like talking about it, and George starts walking, walking away. The and when they say, "Yeah, walking towards the camera," and yeah. when they say, "George, we'll go with Potter if you don't join it," mm-hmm. it like completely unzooms to right uh, in George Bailey's face, right in front of the screen. Yeah, it like pretty much like um, rack focuses like right to his. Yeah, face. and it, it it puts it puts all the attention on him. Yeah, it's one it's, it's like, one of the most striking shots I think in the movie. Like it's, it's really it's, memorable. It's great filmmaking. Yeah, it looks it looks really really good, um, and so then once Uncle again, Uncle Billy, we should point out Uncle Billy is uh, oh, the the dad in Gone with the Wind, and he's one of the kids in Make Way for Tomorrow. Oh, he's the dad in Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Thomas Mitchell. Not, yeah, well, I, okay. The name did sound familiar, but I mean, he's in a lot generic. of stuff. He is. He's in only uh, only angels have wings. Yes. We, I remember talking about that. Um, okay, yeah. See, now, <laughs> He's cloping in the Hunchback his, of Notre Dame. Um, yeah, the, now, now it's all coming together. But, um, yeah, ha- not having revisited this before Gone with the Wind, now I'm like, oh, yeah, that is him. So I will say it is established, by the way, from moment one, speaking of Uncle Billy, like back at the beginning, he just does not fully have his – wits about him or his full faculties unclear exactly what his problem is but he's, an he's idiot. just kind of a he's just a ding dong he's a ding dong he's like multiple uh strings tied around his finger to remind him of things that he just then doesn't remember to do like yeah i know family is family but i'm not sure they should have kept him as high up at the old building and loan for as long as they did i'm not saying that what happens at the end is george's fault but it might be a little bit George's fault. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 
There's yeah. a there's a line in the that um Uncle Billy says that I would quote with my aunt all the time where um he's supposed to go a certain way and he like starts walking the other way and he rocks into these trash cans off screen. He just goes, I'm all right, I'm all right. God. Just <laughs> poor poor Uncle Billy. Poor Uncle Billy. Um yeah. Uh, and so instead of being out of a job, um, George does, of course, decide to once again abandon his dreams and and stay on to run the building and loan. Um, but this is when Harry leaves to go off to college. <laughs> Harry gets to have adventures. Yeah, Harry basically gets to live the entire life that like that that George does not get to live. So he we get another one of our time jumps. Um George decides to stay. Harry's going to go off to college, but he's going to come back and take over the business when he comes back. Um but of course, because this is George Bailey we're talking about, that is not what ends up happening. <laughs> um Harry does end up coming back, but shows Shows back up with a wife. Um, he turns out he was what? They said he was a football star. In he goes off to college. He becomes a football star. Um, yeah. Lives this charmed life. Comes back with this wife. Um, a surprise is, wife. A surprise wife, which is a thing that happened a lot in these old movies that I don't know how often. I mean, I guess maybe like we like we alluded to earlier, you kiss somebody once and now you got to marry them. So maybe that's just why this was always yeah. happening back in the day. Um, although. What what the wife actually basically says is it sounds like Harry was offered a job opportunity he couldn't refuse, and part of the the strings of getting that job was marrying the <laughs> boss's daughter. I had kind of assumed like, okay, so you marry the woman, and now you got to get in with your father-in-law, so you're going to take a job he offers you. But she kind of implies that like it was the other way. It around. was the other way around. It was like, well, he was. It's like because George's like, wow, you guys just got married, huh? And she's like, well. My dad offered him a job. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So So we also got married. So he also married you. Seems like a reasonable thing to do. Um, but, of course, uh, that means that Harry is not going to come back and run the building and loan. So just another, another blow to poor George and his sad, depressing life. Um, quick sidebar. Do you guys really know what a building and loan is? is or does or how it operates financially they uh build buildings and give give loans loans. like i kind of thought it was a bank but it's not a bank because they're always coming and going from the bank so they're kind of like a mortgage company i guess yeah yeah i think so they're 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 like a mortgage company but they specifically also do build houses or like they also develop yeah because they have neighborhoods yes they have neighborhoods and then eventually we end up with uh bailey park um but i just realized that i thought i knew what a building and loan was and then i kind of didn't because then because there's, there's the there's part the where... on the bank which we'll get to in a second but like then then i got really confused about the financial structure of the bailey the part Brothers where billy goes to the bank and i'm like why is he going to a bank if Why is he bank. getting money out of the bank and bringing it to them? That, right. So but yeah, so I yeah I, I don't think I lost exactly track of of exactly how it works. Because building and loans are, I don't know if they're still a thing. Um, I've never heard. I've, you've never I, heard I, of it. Uh, okay. Um, there was like a place in Sacramento called Building and Loan, but I 
I think it was not operational anymore. Um, anyway, I was it because Uncle Billy accidentally gave eight thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, to, <laughs> to, to the to the. The to the biggest, biggest enemy. Yeah, exactly. Just, he couldn't resist gloating and then accidentally turning over $8,000 to uh, the most evil person in the town. Yeah. Who among us <laughs> hasn't accidentally given $8,000 in cash did anyone do, in fucking 1940s money? Did anyone do the, uh, the conversion do it right math? Now. We gotta do it right now. We gotta, we gotta do our, our traditional conversion math. Um, 8000 $121,585. That is a lot of... That is, so that, that is like bankrolling someone's house, probably. Like, that Uncle is... Billy. Uncle Billy. <laughs> what? What are they doing giving Uncle Billy $120,000 in a single deposit? The first time we meet Uncle Billy... Uh, in cash. The first time we meet <laughs> Uncle Billy, he's like, Oh, right, the guy's coming today. I gotta do the thing. And you're just like, Oh, Uncle Billy. Um... No, but one deposit of $120,000 all in cash? Yeah. You know yeah. what? The, I can't fault Billy. They're <laughs> they're depositing 120000 in I mean, cash in one sitting. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, because I think they then turn around and give it out again. I'm unclear on the financial structure of their business, but I, I would have maybe. Okay. I would have Wait. assigned somebody else the job of picking up that money and bringing it. So that means when Potter's like, George, you can work for me. I'll give you a salary of $20,000. Woo! Right? Good point. Because if if 8,000 is over 100,000, we're talking like... Holy crap! High six figures. uh, Like 300,000. We're Jordan Belforting over here. And then he says for three years. Like, I think basically... Like we're looking at a million dollars that George does not take when he does not <laughs> he take signed that a professional job. baseball contract. Yeah, like three years for a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Hey, he has his principles. If he has literally nothing else, um... and, and it seems like he really doesn't. He <laughs> <laughs> got really excited for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, Uncle Billy. Um, I will say also something that made me laugh is the how. Although ultimately he comes around, the, the villain at the end of the movie being the bank examiner. Like one one of my good friends was for a, a while uh, out of school a a bank examiner and would travel mm-hmm. like had that job would travel around and go to banks and like check their for the federal government and, like check their paperwork and make sure that they were doing everything on the up and up. And I'm like, oh no, I <laughs> see you don't have a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That also though, doing that math. Makes the amount of money they collect at the end of this movie insane. Yeah, that they were true. able to go that's around a lot the of town money to get in because a day. they have more. They they the amount they collect I think far exceeds the eight thousand. Ultimately, I can't remember how much someone like someone doesn't comes, Harry he, bring a five thousand dollar check in. Some like someone brings what? a massive. How does Harry have that money? I mean, I know he works for his dad at some his father in law in some company, but my God, yeah. The, the amount of money that people show up with at the end when you start doing that conversion math is like, holy smoke. Like, here's hundreds, and, and, and they're dumping it out on the table. <laughs> it's like, here's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, all I gotta do is grab a handful of some of that money. I'm, I'm good for a year. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. Okay, where, where, where are we? Uh, George is sad and depressed. Um... He's, he's gonna he's gonna get yeah. together with Mary. With yeah, he goes to visit Mary. His mom, so his mom tells him 
his mom look well, mary likes you right uh and then just and, do it and then his mom calls mary and says yes george is coming over and then so this is where i got really mad at him because she does like she's so in love with him and she puts on the the buffalo girls which is like their song because they sing it yeah, together so, so sweetly the one time that they had a nice time together <laughs> um and she's she's made the the george lasso the moon you know oh. like little thing um no one deserves donna reed in this truly movie. truly not he shows up just is like completely negs her just it's like fine i guess i'll come in like i guess i'll sit down who no one even knew i was coming here why am i here it's like oh my god and then uh, understandably Mary's... i still think he's kind of funny in this scene <laughs> i mean he is. <laughs> i laugh he is funny but, but it's, I, it's because i don't have to live donna with reed that. does not deserve him um, understandably, this is when Mary's mom is like, but but Sam's calling from New York, and like, how about you get mean old grumpy George out of here and actually talk to Sam? Yeah, um, do you want the jerk or the, the guy who's about to make it rich on, I think, turning soybeans into plastic? Soybeans into plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's, he's I do it. like the part where Mary's like, uh, well, the mom's like, what are you two doing? And she's like, what are we doing? Right. And then she she just like turns and like he's, oh, he's making, making violent love to me, mother. <laughs> so funny. Um, so then no one tops Donna Reed. Oh my god! So both of them get on the phone with Sam. Like we already talked about this scene. He's got ladies crawling all over him, but he's also uh, much like the the family friend in The Graduate. He's going all in on plastics. Plastics are the future. Um, and offers. Oh, god. <laughs> He does. He offers. That's that quite a reference. You don't think about that? Whenever I oh, hear no, no, I mean, I it, plastics, I think, that's all that pops into my head. It's just one word. Yeah, and I know. think the word plastics is like the line is one of the AFI lines, but just it's, didn't expect that. It lives in my head. Um, so he offers George a chance to get in on the ground floor with plastics. Um, but this is where, I guess, due to their witty repartee and their faces being very close to each other on the phone um george and mary finally kiss and then almost smash cut to their wedding bells pretty much like yep that's so, much the next thing we see happen how would we rate this kiss one to ten i don't know i kind of think it's just okay it's it's like above average. It's not a Wow, not, I was gonna say it's below average. Yeah. It's it's slobbery it's, kiss. It is. Oh, you mean literally the kiss, not like the moment. <laughs> you mean yeah, the, I, the actual I mean, like, oh. kiss. I don't think that kiss would feel good. I I I again was just so taken out of it by being like, now, right? This is this is what's happening now? Okay. Um I just thought of have you guys seen uh the three colors trilogy? <laughs> I have yes. not, and now I'm afraid to ask why. <laughs> uh, Julie Delpy also cucks the main character over the phone oh, in okay. uh, white in a similar oh, in way. White. Nice. white, white is very weird. White is very. I good. should watch that. I love Julie Delpy so much. I watched 45 minutes of Before Sunset yesterday because it was on TV. Um, is that a movie you like? Yeah, it's okay. Um, it's all right. I watched basically like the boat scene is the I turned it on and they were like oh. I turned it on and they were on the bench and then they walked down the sand and then they got on the boat and I was like well, what am I I can't like get up and do anything I have to have to watch this um, the setting did, in that movie I had the restraint to uh, stop it before then they got in the car and went back to her house because then just would have been the rest of my day 
Um, <laughs> anyway, I should I should watch the Three Colors trilogy in general, but I, I definitely want to watch White in particular. Um, all right, Probably so my least favorite. It's your least favorite. Yeah. People like blue, right? Blue's I think favorite. blue. Blue is probably blue is my favorite that I like favorite. read a lot. Okay. I would go in the in the order. I think white is my second favorite. Is blue, white, red the order? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the order the the things are on the flag? I don't know what. I don't know of what course, flags. I don't, I don't know what flags look like. I don't Neither know. Do I. I, I, no, no, that is, that's the color. Okay. Like, I, well, I know red. it's the colors. I just didn't know which order the stripes. No, were. no, it's, it's in that order. It's okay. Red. All right. I'm bad, bad at countries. Bad at maps. Bad at flags. Um, I only know what the American flag looks like. Yeah, a psychologist listening. Is a, is a this proud, podcaster going to be a angry. proud patriot? As a proud patriot. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's just yellow and it's got a fucking snake on it. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, Nick flies the "Don't Tread on Me" flag uh, yeah, outside of his house. Be, I will not be tread on. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you say it like that. It's just <laughs> I will not be tread on. It's true. I won't. Oh Lord. I, I actually don't see those around here, and I'm I'm actually sort of surprised by it. Not Akron's like relatively uh, liberal, but just in the surrounding areas. Um, You're I in Ohio. See, I see a handful of uh, Confederate flags for a northern state, but I don't see that many of the "Don't Tread on Me," which uh, I'm happy about. Yeah, it comes. Sorry, total digression. Um, my dad. Oh, total now. Sorry. Well, no, my my dad's been going through old boxes of things at their house, um, and uh-huh. like going through old pictures and things, and apparently he just found his um, vaccination card. From based on the time it looks like from when he was in the Navy during Vietnam. Hmm. Um, and so it's flu, tetanus and diphtheria, polio, typhoid. And then one of these, I swear to God, says plague. <laughs> Is that something you can be vaccinated for? The plague? Uh, I guess which plague? I don't know. It's in 1972. He got two do- six months apart, two doses of a, of a shot for a plague. So that's fun. Um, your or your Cinea pestis shot? I mean, maybe what? medical corner. <laughs> I'm just looking at something that says flu and plague, and that was oh here we plague, go. Hold plague on. is Hold a on. disease. Is plague is the the, the bubonic? That's C- that's C- what I assume. That's that's CDC li- li- like just labels it plague. Oh, all right. I know, you can get vaccinated for that. That's cool. I'm guessing that's one of those like travel ones. Like it's not a, a oh, run-of-the-mill yeah. thing that you you get for like g- going to elementary school or whatever yes. in the United States. Yeah, we get this, plague in New Mexico. This is the international certificates of vaccination is approved by the World Health Organization uh, for when he was in the uh, being deployed in the Navy. So I guess you get a plague shot before going to Vietnam. Cool. Um, Sorry, that was just a... Yeah, so he can go to New Mexico and Arizona and play with all the rodents he wants. And he ought to yeah. be good. We've got a lot of desert rodents. It's all the rodents, huh? That's like, yeah. in Sacramento, uh, there would, every few years, some people would die of the Hantavirus, which I guess is oh, something yeah. you the get from... Is that? It's something you get from rodent droppings. Oh, um, great. Yeah, so I was. that's what I associate with uh, rural rodent scenarios. We are, off course, it is my fault. Um, so the next bad thing, what, what, what's the next bad thing that happens? The run on the bank? Uh, he gets married. He gets married. The depression. <laughs> he gets married. 
He has to marry Donna Reed. He gets married. Um, oh, but so bad. They save up money to finally. This man, correct me if I'm wrong, he never gets to go on any of his trips. Like this movie it's very ends, like and he's first ten minutes anywhere. of Up. So that that is the exact reference I was going to make. It, but like I felt, I the the emotional journey I go on in the first ten minutes of Up is just the emotional journey of the first this entire Bailey's film, whole life. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just constantly dreams thwarted, and yes, and you know he has a wonderful life. Um, but you just watch, like at the end of this movie, it's like I, I want him to get into a, you know, bushel a of balloons or a bushel like, of balloons yeah, and, and go somewhere um, because they are they're going to go to France. I think they're going to go somewhere for their honeymoon. Um, but then, due to circumstances I don't understand, because I don't understand how the um, financial structure of the building and loan works. I, ha- I had some ethical questions about what they do. Giving out their, their personal money to uh, prevent the collapse of the business. Um, yes. I mean, I don't know. I guess when it's Would your you business. Would you mark that as a deposit into your business and then? I mean, I guess when it's your business, ultimately, yeah. your, money you were going to use for something else, you can sink <laughs> into your business um, is essentially what happens. But there's a run in the bank. And this, here's what I don't understand, because if they're money lenders, how can people be withdrawing money from them? doesn't matter. People, there's a run in the bank. People want their money. They can't get it. Um, they don't have any money at the building and loan because the bank is closed. And so they basically can't pay these people. And these people say, well, Mr. Potter is offering to pay us like 50 cents on the dollar. Um, we'll just go get money from him. I don't understand how any of this works. <laughs> but... In order to avoid that happening, um, basically, Mary's like, we have, they have $2,000 in this instance, I believe. Um, And so they are, which is like, I don't know, $20,000, $30,000? Like, it's it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And so they have $2,000 and they are going to use that to try to pay people and Aside from the one jerk who is owed $242 and he's going to get his $242, they basically convince everybody else to take just enough money to, like... To get him for, like, a week To make it through, like yeah. To, like, make it through the week. Like, can't you just take $20 of the nice lady who only wants $17.50? Um, to... Stuart gives her a big kiss. Gives her a big kiss. He's so happy. Um, and they are able to pay off everybody and clear out with, I think, like, $20 left over or something like that. Um, and then business hours are over and they, they survived the night. Um, but of course then that was their savings. And so yet another dream lost, but kept, kept that building and loan going. And then we see, you know, he does make really good with it. Um, he does end up establishing Bailey park. You know, these people freaking Mr. Potter has his, uh, like slums. slums he's a he's a slum lord he rents to people but it's all bad and he takes all their money and um you know george bailey is a believer in the american dream of home ownership and so <laughs> the good american money the, loaners the, exactly the good the good american uh money mortgage brokers um but he believes in the dream of home ownership and he does loan people and they do talk about how you know frankly it's good business that's what's so funny about mr potter being so evil is one of his minions comes to him and is like hey this is actually a really good 
business plan. Like these yeah. houses, they double in value. They 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 put a certain amount of money into building the house, and then the value skyrockets. Um, but that that doesn't matter if it's not evil. Mr. Potter won't do it. Um, but <laughs> we do see there is that very nice scene where we see the martinis. Um, get to become homeowners and get their keys. And Donna Reed is in the Reed's... best outfit ever. Is that, is that the good outfit is that she's wearing in that yes. scene? Um, we haven't even talked about that Dylan watched this uh, movie in the colorized oh, was... version. Oh, this is a <laughs> I good was saving place it to for do... our Ebert quotes. Well, this is a good place to do it because it came up with the outfit. Um, so do you want to talk about uh, that? Granted, granted that, that outfit has been like my favorite outfit through sure. 10 years of thinking about costume design or sure. 15 years now fair enough um it's just it's adorable it is and it fits donna reed's uh mary so well yeah her it's I, like a it, I really, nice sweater casual hat she's got a little handkerchief around I, her i'm neck. partial to her dress at the end i think her christmas dress at the end is like a it's really a pretty excellent damn good christmas dress. Good dress um but i like her uh frumpy uh, old old spinster librarian <laughs> look when she's the same ages that we see her in the present day yeah. and hasn't had four kids and, she, and yet somehow she looks uh, like yeah Donna Reed version of looking like no, shit. She's just like... Nothing is funnier to me than the tragic outcome of her they life put her, being They put glasses on her. I, yeah. I think it's so funny that she's a librarian, but she like looks like she has soot all over her face. Like she's been in a mine. Working in the coal mines. <laughs> As opposed to just like, hey, you know who's an attractive lady? Mary and the librarian. Like there's no reason yeah. why you can't be a fetching attractive you know, somewhat spinster librarian, um, and yet, no, you're right. She looks uh, frumpy and miserable, but she has a wonderful outfit, uh, very jaunty. The the outfit she's wearing at the Martini uh, home, uh, whatever you call that, housewarming, I guess. And so, but we see what a wonderful thing that that George is doing for all these people, um, giving them these wonderful houses. Um, but and this is when, this is when Potter realizes that. George can't be allowed to continue like this because it's bad for business. And, you know, so his only plan is to steal George away. We talked about him offering him $20,000 a year um, to be. Well, this happens after he gets Billy's $8,000. Does that happen after the $8,000? Yes, it does. Okay, is that when he's using the? I thought that was well. Well, he, he, no, 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 no. Because Billy goes to the bank. He deposit. He's going to deposit eight thousand dollars, but misplaces it, and Potter gets it. And then Potter realizes, oh, they're done. I'm going to poach George. No, I have. No, I haven't. I haven't yeah, as, I haven't done as way before that. Are you sure? Yeah, it's it's they it's after the it's later. after the it's after the run on the bank because when oh, you're goes, right. The, those are when two he goes separate to Potter, fights. Those yeah, are yeah when he goes to Potter's fights. later, Potter basically just says, hey, "I'm going to call the cops on you." Yeah, I was going to say, That's yeah, that right. final fight is just you're worth That's more dead right. than alive. So GTFO, basically, um, he's still here. He's still willing to, you know negotiate um and and george gotcha. does i'm sorry that was fine uh, and george does think about it um but then you know says actually i don't need to think about it and you know stands his ground does say no um but because the, then that's when world war ii happens so like that's our yeah, next yeah. interlude is our next sort of time jump uh world war ii happens george's for for a 4f for something. For F, I think. Anyway, he is ineligible um, for service because of the no hearing in his ear. Um, it is always so 
interesting in in these old movies there's always a character who is ineligible because of like even if they really want to serve due to some sort of Mm -hmm. minor medical thing and then like like in a general (laughs) that's that's the funniest thing is george could is could be forced against his will to travel around the world in a war. And he doesn't even get to go. The man still can't travel. He's like, yeah, yeah he's, he will never leave. He, yeah, he can't even get drafted to go. He is ineligible. <laughs> um, but it's just so crazy because considering how much the military has changed between now and then, like, I don't, that's not that's not keeping you out of the military these days, I don't think. Um, no. they, they would find something for you to do. Um, no. But at that time, he's declared ineligible. Um but he does stay home and, you know, leads the home front war effort. And there's paper drives and scrap drives and, you know, sort of rallies the town with bombs and, and all that home front World War II stuff. Um, we do learn that other people in the town do go off and serve. Um, I think we see both Bert and Ernie, right? We haven't talked about Bert and Ernie yet. Um, the fact Ernie. that they're Bert and Ernie. The fact that they're Bert and Ernie. Is, does anyone know? Is that like a... Out, on Wikipedia, a it, it's brought up it that's like... It was a rumor, but it's not true. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just a coincidence that obviously yeah. people are going to well, notice. But yeah, that's kind of what I had heard as well. I seem to Sesame Street urban legend named after the cop and the cab driver. Um, the producer confirmed that it was merely a coincidence. Yeah. The producer, but what did Jim Henson have to say? Yeah. Um, there was a holiday special, Elmo Saves Christmas, which I've heard is a very good movie, uh, references the rumor during a scene where Bert and Ernie walk by a TV set, which is playing the movie The Pair, surprised by the line, Bert, Ernie, what's the matter with you two guys? You were here on my wedding night. Oh, so. yeah, there you go. Um, I will say a uh, shout out. It's a pretty good Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, Me? Yes. Yeah. So thank you. Um, sh- shout out to Ward Bond as Bert, by the way, uh, like Western actor Ward Bond, yeah. who I was like, oh. I mean, he looks like he should be in a Western. He does still. in this movie. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I, yeah, I. Sorry, uh, there is a very loud truck outside playing music. Um. So what, wait, 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 we skip by this because it's inconsequential. One of my favorite parts is when Bert and Ernie are serenading them on their wedding night. Oh, yeah, we did. In their house. Oh, yeah. Well, they're outside in the rain. Yes. And then when they're done, uh, Ernie just turns to Bert and gives him this big kiss. And Bert, Bert just, like, punches him in the top of the head. Smashes <laughs> his funny. hat. <laughs> kiss him I back, do, man. I, I, you two are in love. I do like I do like Bert and Ernie. Um, but, yeah, we, I think, yeah, we see them serving as well and then talked about you know they come back and you end up with your your taxi driver and your cop um but most notably harry goes off to war becomes a continuing to lead like the charmed life that uh george never Mm -hmm. can he goes off to war he becomes a navy fighter pilot a hero he shoots down planes he saves an entire troop transport of who knows how many men um and so he is you know becomes the real the real hero um, of the family. But this is what now brings us into sort of our final uh, section of the movie, which before I had seen everything in context, I really thought this was what the entire movie was. The way people talk about It's a Wonderful Life, it's like it's a movie where a guy finds out what would happen if he never lived. And so I fully expected. Hold on. What's the It's a Wonderful Life uh, letterbox? George Bailey has spent his entire life giving to the people of Bedford Falls. All that prevents him is the rich skin flint. That means a cheap person. 
Okay. Mr. Potter from taking over the entire town as George's modest building and loan company, but on the Christmas Eve, the business is $8,000 is lost and George's troubles begin. That's actually a more accurate description of what this movie is. George's trouble begins, but... Yeah, that, yeah, but like George's troubles, troubles continue right. because they're always there. Also, that that just describes the first ninety minutes of the movie, <laughs> and then it's only the final forty minutes that take place on Christmas Eve, and then with the flashback. Like I just, I totally would have thought it was flipped. I would have thought that there would have been like a first act where we're sort of introduced, and then an extended sequence of um, yeah, sort of the Christmas stuff. But or uh, like you, you know how they go through like the part where. Uh, his brother falls into the lake and it's like three it's like three shots edited together to be like oh he fell in Mm -hmm. george got him and then guts it it's like i I feel like most people think of the movie as like that's like every single part of the movie yes Mm -hmm. that's that is sort of what i had thought having seen that part and for some reason i just watched the first 30 minutes of this movie a bunch of times having seen that and the the stuff with the um pharmacist i kind of thought it was just a little series of scenes that were like these little bits but it's it's a lot more extended than that um but anyway after after world war ii um we're at we're at christmas eve and they they talk about how the war ended and how george you know he went to church and prayed on ve day and on vj day um and it does circle back by the way nick you kind of mentioned this earlier like this movie is very religious um like mm-hmm. obviously the the angel stuff like whatever I it, angels are just like a sort of a goofy movie con fantastical <laughs> construct but it is fun like I hadn't quite realized how much of this movie was like no you are a good person and you are praying and that's what that's how we know these are good people because they are praying yeah, yeah. for everything um, which as a not religious person like mildly took me out of it a couple times but it's a movie from the 40s about christmas so what you gonna do this is also compared to like a matter of life and death which nick and i compare mm-hmm. this movie to a lot um that movie's like very secular yeah i think in the, in the yeah, way for, for a movie yeah for a movie that has heaven like i don't think they ever talk about god they don't call it heaven they're not wearing it's it's a it's sounds like it's, a more modern sort of approach. He, heaven's like, like a bureaucracy, and they have like say, a court it's of the most, It's the most bureaucratic heaven that that the, the movie ultimately results in, like a trial. It's like the good place, basically, in terms of like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Pixar heaven, actually. If Pixar, it's like Soul. Well, it, it's it's yeah, oh, Soul Soul, okay, soul yeah. Rip, ripped off a, a lot of imagery yeah. from. Did it really? Uh, Oh, yeah. oh my God! So much. It's oh, it's funny. embarrassing. In- interesting. As someone who did not like Soul very much, now I really want to. That makes me more wanting to watch A Matter of Life and Death. Um, to probably like it better. There's no body swapping you... in. Uh, There's no body swapping and and. I I was cats. so into Soul until that second act yep. switch, and I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah like what did I say me. last week about what's up, Doc, and bringing Too a baby? I'm not in- I don't like hijinks, like Soul. Okay, but there's a difference between good hijinks, like What's Up Doc, like the best movie ever made, and Soul. What's Up Doc, the best movie ever made, Dylan? <laughs> it's in my top 15, probably. <laughs> so Dylan will throw around best movie ever made, uh, depending on <laughs> moods, which is fair. I, yeah. I do that, too. Um, it's up. Th- it was on my TSPDT list. Not right. me. There's only one. I wanted to pull it off my shelf. Oh, I was like dramatic pause. We like waited the <laughs> There's only one as you lean away. I thought I had it on the shelf. Maybe not. <laughs> Wait, had what on the shelf? Great bit. Great also visual bit that's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> now he's like... Panic room. 
full of Panic Room DVDs? <laughs> this is the first one I grabbed. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going for Lachete. Oh, uh, sure. Down here somewhere, but not, it, not, since I've watched it so recently, it's not it's not film. shelved. Uh, not a feature film. Lachete. It is in my heart. Okay. It is in my heart. It's, it's a feature of your heart. It, it is. It is if you watch it three times in a row. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> the only true way to watch it. Um. All right. Anyways, well, George anyway. is going to jail. Anyway, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> the good news is Harry's coming home. The bad news is that Billy gets so overexcited, taunting Mr. Potter with like, like, look at the Bailey boys doing good. It is funny. Like, it is. It is the headline, by the way, of the paper. Like, local mm-hmm. boy gets. He's getting the Presidential Medal of Honor. Yeah. And then he's going to be coming home for Christmas, and I think they say his mom is out there getting flown around somewhere. Um, but Billy, of course, gets so distracted, um, bragging about Harry that he unintentionally hands the cash over (laughs) at the same time. Like he has the cash and the paper and then he hands it to Potter. Um, bad move. Just probably the worst possible thing that. Do they realize that Potter has the money? No. No. They never know. He doesn't tell anybody. That seems so obvious. But. He doesn't. But yeah, Billy, who would know who besides, would know Billy, besides who, uh, Billy? And he. Yeah, yeah, but why? Why didn't Billy think? Okay, I had the money at the stand, and after I talked to Potter, it was no he, longer there. Because it's Billy. He's a, <laughs> Nick Cole said he's a ding dong. Um, <laughs> literally, like he because he comes back, he starts tearing up the. It must be around here somewhere. How could it be around there somewhere, Billy? <laughs> you got it from somewhere you, else, and you had there was a close up. The time you got home. Yeah. There's a close-up in the bank. He pulls out the envelope. He opens it up. It's like $8,000. This is what I'm saying is that Billy should not be entrusted with these things. So he comes yeah. back. He's lost the money. He's he's tearing up the office looking for it, even though it's literally impossible for it to be there. Meanwhile, the bank examiner has shown up and wants to review the accounts right at that moment. Um <laughs> <laughs> and convenient. convenient. Um, Billy tells George what happened. George goes sort of running around trying to find the money himself. Beating people up along the way. Be, really, really not taking this very well. Um, really sort of just taking this out on literally everybody. Um, to be fair, if I lost $120,000, I don't think I would take it super well. Sure, sure. Um but he does, like, just, yeah, berates everybody um, he comes into contact with, including going home to his family on Christmas. Just the most beautiful, wonderful, like, family Christmas, adorable children, beautiful wife in a beautiful dress. And then it's just, like, a complete monster to literally everybody. Does not tell, doesn't tell her what's happening, right? No, no, point? no. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a really annoying thing. Yeah, doesn't. If he if he just sort of said, like, the company lost $120,000 because right. Billy's an idiot and I'm freaking out, we're going to lose the business. Can... She would probably be like, okay, well, we need to, like. She is the one who ultimately figures fixes out, it. fixes it, yeah. figures yeah. out the solution, just as she was. When there was the run on the bank. So it's like, hey, maybe you could, uh, you yeah. know, let your wife in and you guys could figure this out together. But, you know, no, no, Yeah, no. you're right. Mary, Mary is pretty much the one who solves every yes! time he gets into a bind. She, yeah. I mean, granted, her solutions are, well, we have the money. I guess we'll cover it. And, well, let's go ask people for money. But, like, logically, she is she is taking the right steps here. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, he's 
mean to her, mean to their kids, uh, berates. So Zuzu uh, caught a cold because she didn't want to squish her flower. Um, and then when it's very sweet. It's I very love the sweet. name Zuzu. Zuzu is such a cute do name. Do you think it's, it's like a nickname for Susan or something or like Maybe? people just naming their, their kids Zuzu back in the day? Because um, all the other names are like Tommy, Pete and Janie. And then Zuzu, um, who is very cute. Um, and who, yes, is up and sick in bed, but really, frankly, is fine. Um, it's a, it's a, a girl's name of Czech origin, meaning Lily. Oh, okay, sure. That's a very cute name. It's a very cute name. Um, but <laughs> George reacts to her having caught a cold and being in bed, um, like she is on the brink of death. Um, and then also <laughs> ber- berates her teacher when her teacher calls on the phone, I guess, to check on her. Um, to that effect the, as the well. teacher part is very funny yes oh my god you sent her home half naked it's like no <laughs> she just didn't button her coat um <laughs> but we get the 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 exchange with the the flower she really loves this flower and the petals start falling off and uh she asks her dad to put it back together and he says he will and he puts the the flower the little petals in his pocket um but even though, like, he apologizes, so he, real- he, like, berates everybody, and he apologizes to them, but really is still being a, you know, jerk to everyone, and again, understandably freaking out, so he goes storming out of there, um, desperate, goes to Potter, um, explains the situation, and this is where Potter tells him to, you know, get it's out, you're, you're worth more, you're worth more dead than alive, so I'm gonna call the cops now, because, uh, ha <laughs> everything is coming up. Henry Potter, apparently, yeah. He twirls his non-existent mustache. Um, George decides to go get drunk um, at, is it the Mar- Martini Bar? Uh, which yeah. is a confusing yeah, so. a confusing way to describe it, although I, I did, it does seem like it was retroactively named for making that joke later when he goes back and asks about Martini and it's like, you want a Martini? Mm-hmm. Um, as he goes to the bar, gets drunk, Drives his car into a tree. Um, gets clocked by the teacher's husband. Does get clocked by the teacher's husband. <laughs> Again, fairly. Um, yeah. Yeah. D- gets out of the bar, drives his car into a tree. Um, and then this movie is dark as hell. Um, goes to <laughs> the bridge where he is contemplating jumping in and um, killing himself. But oh, this is where the plot of the movie starts. This is where the plot of the movie starts. It this, really is. This is yeah. when Clarence shows up. I really thought this was a movie about an angel who comes to Earth and like takes a guy through his life. Clarence rolls. There's up. like 20 minutes of that. There are 31 minutes left in the movie when <laughs> I look. Literally 20 minutes. There are 31 minutes left in the movie when we start to see what George's life would be like. And it, it is not born. a short movie. This no, movie's it's two hours, 10 minutes. Yeah. So it, a full length of a movie takes place before we get to often what the, the plot of the movie is described. Um, yeah. If someone says, what is It's a Wonderful Life about? Oh, it's a it's about a guy who has an angel who shows him what the world yes, would have been like without on him. Christmas oh, Eve. How much of the movie is that? You know, about 20 minutes. About a half an hour or less. <laughs> um, Clarence jumps into the river, so George has to jump in and rescue him. Um, and then... Question. Yes. So his plan to kill himself is to jump off this bridge. <laughs> which doesn't... Which, you know what? And then and then the angel 
to keep him from killing himself, puts him in a situation where he has to jump off the bridge. You know what? I didn't even think of that, even though that is so, like, patently ridiculous. Like, yeah, jumping off the bridge would not have killed him because he jumps off the bridge and it didn't kill him. Well, you could jump off in a certain way. I guess. Like, you could belly flop it head first. that, That just seems likely to hurt a lot and not necessarily <laughs> yeah. guarantee the result yeah no no the, the bridge isn't super high <laughs> yeah appar- yeah because it's one thing for clarence to be like well he's an angel he can do whatever but yeah good point his plan his- i think maybe the billy boys just aren't the brightest bunch like it was failed businessman uncle billy oh my God. i mean harry's successes are all like war and football based right and, and sort of like lucking into his brother's misfortune and getting his money and opportunities yeah, um, so maybe maybe yeah. George's plan just wasn't that good a one. Yeah. Okay. Not important. So I have three alternate timeline endings to this movie that I was thinking about last night. I want you to tell me what's the what's the worst one of all. Okay. So this movie comes out nowadays, and now every instead the the main discourse around this movie is. George Bailey was dead the whole time, and this is him dreaming as he dies. That's always my least favorite. It's a, so it's gonna be it's a, it's a Jacob's ladder. It's a Jacob's ladder scenario, or an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge scenario. In this Whoa, case, spoilers literally. for I was just about to read an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to time travel back to eighth grade. <laughs> when I read the current Owl Creek Bridge, uh, uh, I think same. Yeah, yeah, or, or no, maybe t- maybe tenth. There's grade. a and there's a, there's a Twilight Zone episode. I don't know. There's there's a TV version that we so watched there, in class. There was so it was actually I think it was like a French movie that the Twilight Zone like that sounds right. Bought yeah. basically, yeah. Like the, huh. or, or there, it, it's now just going to be like Twilight Zone presents, Events. but it wasn't it wasn't made by them, but it was so like Twilight Zoney because. Like, obviously. I love... That was the best part. Sorry, this is... Speaking of wild diversions. I remember in... It was my eighth grade year English class where just we did, we just all we did was read short stories. Like it was just an entire mm-hmm. like it probably wasn't the entire year. I'm sure there were books too, but like there was a section of the year that was like, you know, all with all your short story twists, your your lady or the tiger, or your most dangerous game, oh, Henry. your yeah, your oh, Henry's, your occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. I'm like, man. That was the stuff. That was that was good times. Uh, like when you hadn't read those stories yet, and so you could be like, "Whoa, crazy ending!" A um, lot of pose. A lot of pose. I was gonna say we had a book that was like uh, listeners can't see, but I'm yeah making my fingers be as wide as my Zoom screen. Mm-hmm. There was like all just poems and short stories, and it was like a million pose in there. Yep. And uh, I've tried to find it on Amazon, but I don't know what to search for. Oh man. But I would I would like if if uh, it turned up like in a box in my folks house or something like that i'd, I'd read that book again yeah that's good yeah. stuff um okay anyway back to my sorry, diversion back to your diversion yeah let's <laughs> let's unwind this let's uh let's go backwards um but yes a a, a jacob's ladder occurrence at owl creek bridge scenario is almost always very annoying not necessarily that but that is what everyone takes sure. away from uh, it yes that would be the fan theories gotta have the fan theories second this is instead an Italian neorealist movie where George Bailey actually dies, there's no angels, and they collect a bunch of money for no one. <laughs> like, you're saying this would be the version they would make? <laughs> yes, yes. Sure, sure. Yeah. And third is they go even more in on how ridiculous this little town becomes when if there's no George Bailey, where 
Hitler won the war. I was going to say, World War. <laughs> it turns out that Harry not destroying that actually yes. turned the tide of the war. That's that's what would happen now. And it, we're, we're in like a, like a post-apocalyptic Hitler rules the world scenario just because George Bailey. Not, not Which of those three versions is the worst? Fan theories, neo-realist depression, or the ridiculous Hitler rules the world thing? I think the the last. I think the, the extreme <laughs> scenario where in, in now in alternate because like so the the joke about Pottersville and the alternate ending is or the the alternate timeline is that you know seems like a pretty good time right in Pottersville they have like parties and dance clubs and what's not to like like that's sort of the joke I always sure think but but the things. thing is is like everyone in that time is like the most depressed angry person in life yeah. <laughs> Whether there's parties, no, everyone's fancy stuff. Even though objectively, there's nothing wrong with being a librarian. That has seemingly ruined yeah. uh, Mary's life. E- ev- like literally, everyone is in the dumps. Ernie, Ernie's wife left him in this <laughs> universe and took their child away. Yes, the, the, this is the crazy thing. Okay, Mister Gower accidentally poisons a kid. Yes, he gets a manslaughter charge. Yes. From then on, people abuse him to no end. They they mock him to his face. They spray water in his face for panhandling. Like near it's a bar. almost implied he's homeless. Oh, it is, definitely, because he's been let out yeah, of jail, yeah. and it seems like he's uh, yeah lives on the streets. Yeah, it's it, like okay, I I get that it's like you affect everyone in your life, but it's just it's so crazy in this movie. It 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 is. It's it's really crazy, but I I think. I think if it was now, I think your last scenario is is even more likely that it would be like if you were never born, butterfly effect, you know. Um, I, we, let's not war. talk about the butterfly effect movie. Oh my god, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a fun movie. Um, that's a very or, movie, but <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the butterfly effect. Um, but yeah, instead, so I will say very quickly, um, you know. Clarence shows up and is very straightforward about who he is and what his whole deal is. And he demonstrates some, like, low-level angel magic, you know, by all their clothes being dry and everything. Um, yeah. Grants the wish to show um, to show George what it had been like if he'd never been born. Um, and we've already basically ran down most of what's happened. But anyway, it's Pottersville now. Um, everyone's life is terrible and miserable. Um, <laughs> he's, like... Like his mouth isn't bleeding and he doesn't have any of his paperwork so that's how like sort of objectively you can be like you were never born you don't exist um but he retraces his steps and nobody knows who he is um everything is awful everything's the worst basically has to really put him through the ringer um everyone is the worst everyone is the worst um he, what was um ba- bailey park is now a graveyard where his brother was born <laughs> graveyard i mean just again not to nitpick but yes his brother died because like maybe there maybe this needs more butterfly effect because his brother died because he wasn't there to save him but if he not only that but his brother died also all those people in the war died yes but my question is okay so you but if you weren't ever born what like everything else was the same until that like he was still there on that day sledding just you weren't there to save him like you would think if you had never been born maybe your brother's life would have gone in a more divergent like not hitler yeah, won the yeah, war yeah. but maybe diverged a little bit more but i like this like you know, everything happened the same 
in people's lives except for your involvement so then your brother died the, the same Mr. Gower's life was exactly the same up until that moment, except for then he poisoned the kid because you didn't stop him. There's some very A to B direct um, effects. And so, yeah, George sees his brother's gravestone. It's very sad. Discovers, you know, but my brother was yeah, a hero. Yeah, to be fair, as much as I'm making fun about a lot of this stuff, like, it's, it's effective. It's in the extremely it, it, well performed also. In, in the well, oh, let, let's talk about Henry Travers as Clarence, who I think yeah. totally steals this movie. He's so good. He's amazing. What a great actor. And one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when he's like, all right, George, you were never born. And there's this, like, wind rustling mm-hmm. outside. And, I, and you think it's, like, some sort of, like, dramatic, like, oh, the world's shifting. Yeah. And Clarence just walks out, opens the door. And he's like, you didn't have to make that much of a racket over it. <laughs> yeah, I love that, too. He's like, shut up, God. Yeah, it's like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> Look, I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, that was... That was very good. No, this whole we're we're joking because again, this whole thing is just it's it's so famous and so well known and and yeah, it yeah. is cheesy. It's, it's a great movie. So. But yeah, and it and it is it is cheesy, but it it is very well performed by both actors. Uh, Clarence is a a very good angel. Totally deserves his wings. Um, he is kind of the Billy of angels, though. <laughs> He's kind of, he's, there are uh, there are a couple of different sort of doddering old dudes uh, running around in this movie. Um, yeah, George ends up like he runs to see Mary. Mary, you know, basically like you know gets gets too worked up. She gets scared. Um, cops get called, um, and he has to run away and fi- finally understands what's happening. Um, and begs Clarence to give him his life back. Um, he has really learned the value of, of his wonderful life. Um, so Clarence sets things back, and this is when we get the uh, ending we mentioned earlier where he's running down the street shouting uh, about Bedford Falls and Merry Christmas. Merry. Mer- Merry Christmas, everyone, basically, is where we <laughs> end up. Merry Christmas, everyone. You're building alone. Um, <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> so funny. Um, so he comes running home, um, you know, sees his kids, is, is happy that his kids once again exist. Um, yeah. You know. what, one of the best moments in this is um, there's this really great running joke of, like, there's a little thing at the sta- the base oh, the, of the stairs. Oh, the little that, like, knob on the stairs. The, yeah, and, like, every time he walks by, he accidentally picks it up. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. Right. Um, but when he's angry before, he, like, he, like, picks it up. He, like, throws it. He's, right. like, like, it's, like, it's, like, stupid house. The, yeah. Yeah, and this time when he picks it up, he's, like, he's, like, kissing it and yeah. he's, like, putting it back. Uh, yeah. A lot of this stuff it's is so good. good I love it. When he's, like, when he's, like, uh, he realizes he has Zeus's petals in his pocket, yeah. and he's like, oh, cause that's, there they are! Yeah, that's why I mentioned that earlier, because when he's going through his pockets and he doesn't have his paperwork or anything, um, you know, and Clarence says, like, they're not there. He's like, what's not there? My mouth's Zuzu, bleeding. Zuzu's petals. Uh, yeah, his mouth is bleeding. Um, once again, the good news is he did run his car and drunkenly run his car into that tree. <laughs> yeah! <in the> row. <laughs> he's, like, hey, he's so happy. Um, he gets back home. Um, his kids are there. It's very happy. Uh, turns out that, uh, after, so you mentioned it earlier, but Mary had like organized the the kids to pray for him. Um, but while they were doing that, she and Billy actually, uh, hit the pavement. Yeah. Doing the, (laughs) did the work, rallied the townspeople. Basically (laughs) we find out that they went to all the people in the town and all they had to say was George is in trouble and he needs your help. No one even asked why or what happened. And they just 
gave the money they could, and they come back with more than enough money uh, to satisfy the debt, which they demonstrate by, like, dumping it out on the table in pretty grand, dramatic fashion. Um, uh, and, you know, all the people, all the town people show up, all of our old friends. Um, and then Harry shows up in his uniform with, like, another military guy covered in snow. He came straight there. He flew in a blizzard. Um, he got a telegram saying that, I, unclear, again, passage of time. Like, he, he's in New York. He gets a telegram from Mary saying, your brother's in trouble. And he, like, flies a plane. He's there. And gets there and is running into the house. It's fine. It's a Christmas Because I didn't know, I don't know if you knew, but Harry is a pilot. He is a pilot. He, uh, he flies home. He brings, like we said, we think $5,000? Like, he brings a lot of money. I think he brings a check of 5000 Yeah, he brings a lot of money. Um... He toasts George as the richest man in town. Everybody cheers. Which, okay, he covers $8,000 that they lost. Mm-hmm, right. Then we have enough money that he's now the richest person in town. I kind of like... Over maybe, Potter. Maybe need to, like, give... No. Yeah, no, I think he means rich in life. Yeah. I think Harry means, like, look at all your friends. You are you are rich in friendship. Um, and, and also, like, kind of winking because, yeah. like... People had to show up with all this money. Um, but he's very happy. And then, like, so this was all very good. Um, but what really got me was the, when he opens up the book, when he with the mm-hmm. inscription from Clarence. That I had, like, been holding it together until that point. And then it's everything from when he opens up the book through, like, the final moments of the movie that I was That's, like, like, 15 seconds, Jen. I, I, but that's, like, when I was, like, like totally just, like, because mm, he says that, and then the, the bell rings, and the angel gets its <laughs> wings. Ugh. Um, but Clarence gives him a note saying that uh, no man's a failure who has friends, um, and thanks him for his wings, and then the bell rings, and... Uh, Did you take a note of that? That what? That, that quote from the book? Yeah. Did you write that down? Of course. W- were you, like... Crying? Were you like Diane Keaton in Something's Gotta Give? <laughs> like crying while timing. writing? <laughs> kind of. No, I had to pause. I did like in that final sequence, like I paused it like a few times. Um, okay. So, but I had a nice little inscription. Um, it is good. Inscription. The, the bell rings. Zuzu says that whenever a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Is that from this movie or was that, do we know? Like, because I mean, that's what I always heard that sure. growing up. But yeah, I, I don't know of that. From anywhere, from anywhere else, else but yeah. This, so, um, but I, I get that confused with like when uh, clapping to keep Tinkerbell alive. Like I'm like <laughs> I'm like I, what is this? Because you're ringing a bell. Are you clapping? What's happening? Um, but you ring a bell, angel. This means an angel earned its wings. Um, everybody starts singing together, and we get our big joyous ending, and it's it's so happy, um, and our little you know. Was it Auld Lang Syne? Yes, they sing Auld Lang Syne yes. at the end. Um, which, you know, save that for New Year's, but it works. Because um, it's also about old friends. So, yeah. Um, ha- happy ending. Uh, good good movie. No, com- no complaints. Yeah, a, Except for the complaints like I a, had. Yeah. There's like a, a cynical reading of this that I hate, which is uh, that the movie doesn't reckon with the fact that, like, Mr. Potter still has most of the power in town. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's sure. life, though. Like, how was like did you guys not people who say that like did you not watch the movie like did you not hear what they said at the end right that it's it's okay like it's because yeah. they have friends it, and community yeah. he's not gonna yeah it's not about yeah it's not about beating potter they yeah. cannot 
be beaten by Potter. Right. Like, that's what the yeah. point of the movie is. So no, that, that, is, a, that is a ridiculous that's a terrible away. reading. Like, yeah. there's, we, have, we have nitpicked, I think, plenty of, of things you can nitpick, but that's a ridiculous yeah, but reading of yeah. the ending. Our, our, most of our nitpicks are just sort of, like, joking about yes. how, like, cheesy yeah. the movie yeah, is. And, but, and, like, like, that's mo- its own... Movie logic, you know? That's Yeah, like, but the, like, yeah, that's like the, the ju- world of the jumping off the, the jumping off the bridge, like, <laughs> the point is that, metaphorically, yes, he, he, did, he wanted to... save somebody, yeah. Yeah. Yep, agreed. We're not going to cinema sense here, are we? No, oh, absolutely no, not. No. We we would. They would unironically be like, "Well, did he jump off the bridge?" He said, "Blah blah 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 blah." He should have died. We would never. Um, but yeah, good movie. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk Ebert quotes? I forgot to grab my book, so you guys. Yes. Yeah, well, I grab my book. Well, mine is. Ha- uh, go ahead, Dylan. I I I kind of want to go because I have a. Actually, you go first, because mine's kind of long, just in case someone already else takes it. Uh, mine's a little bit long. So it's him talking about the worst thing that happened in this movie, uh, which has inspired Stewart to oh. testify before a congressional committee and Capra to issue a sickbed, please, that this movie has been colorized. Movies in the public domain are so defenseless that you could cut one up to make ukulele picks, and who could legally prevent you? And so a garish, colorized version destroying the purity of the classic original black and white images has been seen on cable and is available for local syndication and is sold on cassette. And, and uh, yeah. it's what I watched. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is crazy. Yeah. Like I said, I've seen it in black and white enough times that I wasn't going to pay three bucks to rent the black and white version. Instead, just bite the bullet and watch the colorized version that I needed to do right now. But if 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 I was showing it for like to a person for the first time, I would be like, "You have to watch the black and white version." Like watching the colorized version would be criminal. Um, I I so but, 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 I will say this, and I like I think I need to make this distinction as well is. Movies that are, like, hand-colored, and that's the way, like, they were filmed. Like, one-reelers back in, like, the nineteen hundred early 1900s and stuff. Like, that's different from what the kind what of colorization ones, yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Did you want to go down? Yeah, I have a bit of a long one, um, but I, I think it's worth it. So okay. it says, Stewart's active service in the Army Forest Pilot... As an Army Force pilot, no doubt, contributed while other stars stayed at home or entertained the troops. Stewart enlisted as a private, rose to colonel, flew dozens of combat missions, and won the Distinguished Flying Cross. He was a legitimate war hero, and what he saw in the war, no doubt, reflected in George Bailey's face as he stands before Bedford Falls Bridge. Stewart would later go on to play murderers and bounty hunters, the sexually obsessed and the morally bankrupt, abandoning his upbeat pre-war image. It was apart from anything else, a canny career move, adding longevity and linking him with directors, especially Hitchcock, Mann, and John Ford, who are among the most creative in town. The Capra picture can be seen as transitional. George Bailey stares into the depths of despair and loses faith in his fellow citizens, but pulls back from the brink. The picture concedes that evil exists and the world can be a sad and lonely place. But at the end, all is back in place and Bedford Falls traditional values have been reaffirmed. I think it's a good thing yeah. about Stewart's career and kind of what this movie meant in time. Yeah. Yeah, I had some sections from that part highlighted too. And then the other part that I wanted to mention was in the very next paragraph where he talks a little bit more about Capra. Um, yeah. We're basically picking up where you left off, which is that Capra's approach here <laughs> as elsewhere is to depend on the underlying parable to provide the movie's arc. We sense all along, even at the gloomiest moments, that we are on a journey to hope. Um, 
And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, in a post-war world, Capra did not, you know, his movies did start to seem dated. Oh, my and God, it cheesy is. cheesy and everything, like, pretty immediately. Um, and whereas, in contrast to Stuart going on to play those darker characters, you don't get dark Capra movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you can really notice, like, sort of Capra's film trajectory. Yeah. Like, starting in uh, 34 with It Happened One Night. Then it goes, Mr. Deeds goes to town, Lost Horizon, you can't take it with you. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, meet John Doe. Then the war. Mm-hmm. Comes back, does, well, Arsenic and Old Lace in 44, which is just at the end of the war. Wonderful Life in 46. And then basically a lot of forgotten movies yeah. after that. Like, I'm sure some of these are kind of good, somewhat popular, but it, it's basically, State of the Union maybe is the next one after, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. And then he was done by 61. Yep. Crazy. It's quick. And it's very quick. died 30 years after that. Yeah. Yep. Good movie, though. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Do you want to thumbs up? Thumbs down? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And then stars. Dylan? Four. Nick? Four. That's four from me, too. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I know. I know. We're on a on a good run. Um, yeah, yeah, good movie. Like I said, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll I'll revisit it closer to the holidays. We'll see. But uh, oh, that's just that's just some emotionally exhausting stuff in there. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, do we want to wrap up by talking about what we watched this past week? Yeah, I can do it real quick. Nelly's got a shower, so okay. uh, <laughs> I've got to go in a few. But uh, I watched The Card Counter. Mm-hmm. which is a uh, Paul Schrader's new movie. It was awesome. Good movie. Millionaires Express, which is a uh, Sammo Hung martial arts western movie that I liked a lot. We watched uh, Reanimator, which oh. Nelly fell asleep about halfway through, maybe a little less. Um, still managed to give her nightmares. Then we watched, and it's not that scary. It's like pretty goofy. That's funny. Uh, um similarly we watched malignant which i was told is not very scary but it is kind of bananas Mm -hmm. um she made it one death in before she googled or wikipedia the entire plot no way she did yeah yeah so she couldn't or not the entire because she didn't know like the very end but she read most she read read like the twist is and Um, everything yeah um the beginning of that movie is very it can be a little slow like i yeah she wasn't feeling it yeah um and then uh, i watched a movie called local legends which is another golden ninja video um like low budget comedy Mm -hmm. um sort of a pseudo autobiographical movie that i thought was really good i interrupted you so did you like malignant though oh yeah it's a fun right it's a hoot it's a real it's a real hoot (laughs) absolutely um yeah yeah it was a fun movie i also watched the big stage did you guys watch the big stage Mm -mm. That was the uh, three-minute musical oh, that MLB Jesus. made. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that. I forgot about the MLB. I didn't Broadway know that was even title. It, it has a title. It I had to pull it up. It does say the big stage, like on the curtain. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, uh, they they deleted it. Did they really? Because people were dunking on it so bad. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the, this is the big thing. It starts, they're singing Broadway tunes, and I'm like, this is, like, weird, but whatever. whatever. yeah. When they start Lin-Manuel Miranda, it's just, it's, it's, it's you're just, embarrassing like. embarrassing for everybody involved. Oh, my God. 
I feel so yeah. bad for that person that had to perform that, but well, I hope they got paid. It was so funny. Um. Anyways, uh, what did you guys watch? Um, Jenna, you know? Oh, sure. I only have three things. Um, I. But you, you you had an accomplishment. I did. It. I did. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So last week, um, I watched. I can't remember what made me decide to do it, but I watched Creep Show Two um, on Shutter, which was super fun. I just love anthology uh, movies, and so I was like scrolling. Have through. you seen Trick or Treat? I have not. It's on my list for this year. Um, oh, I love Trick or Treat. Everybody says it's Trick or Treat rules, so I. It's, it's my. I'm not a big anthology movie person, mm-hmm. but that one is probably my favorite. Okay, I think that's going on the list for next weekend. Um, and then, and then I watched two movies, other movies I hadn't seen before. Um, Friday night, went and saw No Time to Die, um, the new James Bond movie. So that was I got a lot of thought. I got a lot of thoughts on it. I'm still processing, um, but it was fun. It was good. It looked great. Um, I I like Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas rules. I like Carrie Fukunaga's like work generally. Um, I think, uh, whatchamacallit, Daniel Craig is really good in it. I think it's maybe his best, uh, performance in any of these Mm. movies. Um, Jeff. Wow. Yeah. I thought he was really, really fantastic. I mean, you know, Skyfall, like, but it's so good. And Jeffrey Wright's really good in it too. Um, I always wish he had more to do every time he shows up, but I, I thought he was good this time around. So yeah, no time to die. Recommend uh, checking it out when people can. And then yes, my big accomplishment was I with finally sitting down to watch the 2018 Halloween. I watched every asterisk non Rob Zombie uh, movie in the Halloween franchise that I decided I wanted to do in August, only having seen the original Halloween and none of the other ones. And so I think there's eleven that I I watched like ten movies. Um, and one of the reasons why this was an accomplishment is Matt was not going to do this. So I was having to like squeeze these in on my own, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, around him, like on lunch breaks or uh, on Sundays when he was at work or things like that. So, but I did make him watch Halloween 2018 with me last night because I want to go see the whole point is I want to go see Halloween kills next weekend. And so I was like, look, it's a direct, that's going to be a direct sequel to this. Like you just have to watch this. I'm sorry. Like, even if you don't care, I'm putting it on, you can do other things, but, and he ended up watching most of it with me and I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, I've heard it's good. Yeah. I, I was, I had pretty high hopes cause I had heard the same thing, but I, I thought it was pretty great. So I'm now really excited for, for Halloween kills. Um, next weekend, that should be very fun. So, uh, yeah, with my, I can't believe it, on August, or by October 9th, I completed my, my Halloween journey. Maybe I'll do one of the other franchises next you year. Gotta date, you gotta date the, the podcast recording again. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, you know. <laughs> I haven't gotten the Emperor's New I, Group pod. Oh, I also just said that I went and saw No Time to Die last night, or on Friday night, so there's yeah, some right. timing there. Um, <laughs> although I guess I didn't have to say it was opening weekend, but it was. Um, so sorry, especially because I'm thinking I might release this after because we're good, kind of going to go on a break for a bit. Yeah, uh, I think I might release this after I'll keep the I keep going out of town. Oh, you might release this so that we don't have a long break before our finale episode. Yeah, oh, that's right. Because we haven't done we haven't done the Disney episodes, not up and Ikaru, and then this. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And then we can okay. get like because you have some Halloween. I do. I will. Saturday I will send those so we to can you get those. Because we could do um, one. We could do one or two of those if we have a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Exactly. So that that'll I think be better for us. Okay. Um, and and then you did watch a a certain spooky 
uh, animated movie. Oh, I, I, I forgot to I forgot to log it. So yes, I also watched uh, Over the Garden Wall. Um, Follow us here, baby. Just just so good, just wonderful. Um, oh, and then I also started Crimson Peak last night, but I fell asleep, mm. so I need to finish uh, Crimson Peak tonight. Good movie. Yeah, I was I was really enjoying it, and then I I just was tired i had not gotten enough because friday night going out to the movie and then i got up like really early saturday morning and so it was a mistake to turn off all the lights and put on like crimson peak a pretty dark and purposefully slow starting movie and then i just like mm-hmm. an hour in matthew did the thing where he was like we're stopping it we're gonna finish this tomorrow and i was like huh what why <laughs> like, <'Cause laughs> you've been asleep for 20 minutes and i was like oh okay that's why um so i will report back next time on on my thoughts about crimson peak i'm excited though and so for me, I watched John Renoir's John Jean Renoir's Johnny. A Day in the Country. Yeah, A Day in the Country. Uh, really great movie. Um, interesting character arcs that made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah, Jean Renoir. <laughs> um, I watched Beau which I thought was well made, but not exactly my thing for, you. for most of the movie. And then the final scene hit, and I was like, "Oh That's yes, okay. oh yes." Loved that final scene. I, I've, I've like I've downloaded the song that plays in the final scene on Spotify like so quickly after I watched that movie. Which song is it? Yep, "Rhythm of the Night" oh, by Corona. That's right. Uh, it is the rhythm of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that song. Uh, I, I didn't know it was the song that played at the end of that. Um, that was just in a movie a couple of years ago. Um, really? Yeah. I'd never heard the song. Really? Yeah. I mean, no. It's, from the 90s what are you gonna do we, can, we cannot we cannot nick's gotta rep the <laughs> yeah. podcast we cannot go down this road yeah right yeah now. <laughs> I, I i saw night of the hunter and then i watched in a lonely place which i had more t- i wish i had more time to talk about with you guys right now but holy fuck it's, it's in a book eventually i can't yeah it comes up which one i don't want to wait i want to like discuss this at length with everyone else that, that movie, I, I speaking can. of movies that are dark as shit um yeah holy crap the ending of that and movie especially is insane the first half of this movie, I was like, oh, okay, it's 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 just noir, darkish, but like, oh my god, yeah, that ending of that reminded it's... me a lot of Twin Peaks. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wrote a little bit in my review, but but there's a there's a main theme that I hear David Lynch made when he was making Twin Peaks, and uh, this movie's theme sort of reminded me of the same thing, sort of like brutality of murder stuff. Maybe I'll watch some more Twin Peaks this afternoon. I have to do some work, but. I'll try to squeeze some oh, Twin what, Peaks we could there. We could firewalk with me. Oh, but we need Nick for that Yeah, episode. we can't. We're not going to talk about firewalk with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to yeah, do a Twin Peaks anyway, episode. Nick quits Nick's the like, podcast. He never oh, comes fuck. back. <laughs> all right. That's it for me. Okay. Well, I think right. that is it for all of us. Um, like we said, our schedule's a little bit in flux, so who knows when you're hearing Th- this. This, this will be... A- this will be out with Akiru after we get through this. Uh, okay, so hello yeah. in the future. I hope things are good in November. So this will be um, in, like, November. All right. So we're gonna... Merry Christmas season, everybody. Um, hey, it gets us closer to Christmas. Say, like, frankly, it kind of works. I think it's a good idea. Putting this out, yeah. I will say, it made me feel a little bit crazy when I started the movie this morning. Um, and it's, yeah. like, so Christmassy at the beginning. And it's, like, really sunny. And it's, like, kind of a warm October day here. And Kiru is kind of Christmassy, too. So, like, those snowy, coming out in November will be movies. good. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've got to wrap, let Nick get out of here. So Bye, thank Nick. you thank you to everyone for joining us this week. Uh, join us next time when it might be our season finale episode. Who knows? Um, but until then, you can follow us on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Great Movies Pod. And thanks, as always, to our friend Scott Brady for our podcast artwork. You can follow him on Twitter at S. Brady Artist. And that is it 
for us this week. Roger out. Roger, Roger out. out. Run. Woo. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.